Okay, just before we start, does anybody have a cold? I finally <laughs> don't have cause, a cold. Because, because, because here, like James comes in, he has that that tea uh, that tea cup, wants to boil some water, and we put it, and he's sitting the closest to me. This is not a good sign. We should get the we should get the ambulance. Uh, we should get the ambulance on speed dial now. I might get sla- I might be the one that gets slaughtered by the end of this show. I think me giving you hiccups is the worst. Well, you, worst there, uh, Mike. Does anybody know? Does anybody know the number to nine one one? following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Uh, like I had a cough uh, earlier in the week I got from home, but it's all gone now. Neocitron does the job. Oh. I've been having turmeric in my tea at work. That's been helping. So I think. Uh-huh. Well, I've had other things to deal with at work, which is why we haven't been here for, like, the better part of two months. So um, good afternoon from the Six Point Studio in the West End of Toronto. Mike Nicholas in the captain's chair. And th- on this, what is it? Oh, Saturday afternoon, December the 15th, 2018, probably and hopefully not the final episode will tape in 2018 but as it is anime the anime roundtable has gathered for episode six of the six talk era hey episode six james austin uh, uh, sitting directly across from me kevin ing di- in front of me diagonally to my right and mohammed shamarki on my immediate right the as the table now gathers for the first time in a couple months and Needless to say, a lot has happened in those two months, and we'll get to it as the hour, as the next little bit goes. I get the feeling if you're going to have a drinking game for this episode, let me silence. First of all, first of all, take a shot now if you hear my watch. Um, <clears throat> let me silence that. Okay. Oh, that, that's not what I want to do. If you're going to have a drinking game, if if all you listeners and whichever ones there are out there, decide to have a drinking game, uh, take a shot when you hear, if you hear the following words in this episode. Layers. Um, fragmentation. And, uh, dings on, and, and any of our smartwatches uh, giving us alerts. Or any, or any of our phones or smartwatches giving us alerts. Take a shot. And um, at the right thing, and, but call it a hunch. Um, Somebody else will be calling 911 by the end of this episode. <laughs> so where do we start this? Uh, well, I know where we, we want to, I want to go, because uh, we sent the uh, pre-production emails, like, over the last, oh, 24. Oh, well, yeah, my, my email. I should take that <laughs> off. Take a, uh, take a shot now, kids. Um, actually, 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 I'll want to check that. We're going to come back to that, uh, to the emails a bit, uh, to that email, to some emails a bit later uh, in the show. Why, why that email? 
Well, no, we'll, we'll talk about that in the, uh, in the second segment. Um, what was I about to say? Something, something layered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take a <laughs> shot, fragmentation. Layers Take a shot right there. Fragmentation. So, <laughs> no, they're really drunk. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so, we're, like, as I said, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Lots of, ha- uh, uh, so much has happened in the last few months, in the last two months. And we're still, like, the news that we brought out that we talked about last time we were here back in mid-October um, lot, like that's still an evolving story, so we'll get to that in a sec, and mm-hmm. then we can talk about you know stuff around Toronto. Actually, yesterday, uh, yesterday was my day off, and thank goodness I'm off of work myself for a couple weeks. Nice. So, what are you doing? Hmm? Uh, was- where did you go yesterday? I took a fr- uh, my, my friend and I went to um, went to Omomo, which is like which is the pot, which is uh, like a the latest attempt at a hundred. Uh, uh, at the hundred yen. yen shop in uh, in Toronto, which oh, will probably be one I, of the I read about that today actually. Yeah, the uh, which is now which is a popular um, which is a popular Japanese chain, from what I understand, or at least it has relation t- ties to it because it has ties to Daiso or ha- carries Daiso products, and that's the single most popular like hundred yen brand in Japan. You mean Miniso is not Japanese? That's Chinese, I believe. It is. It's just, yeah, it's just one. <laughs> no, I think this is like the first real shot of a Chi- of a Japanese company uh, making a, a Japanese, a real Japanese retailer making a making a a, a, a shot in this area. I mean, we, I mean, over the last couple of years, we've had um, Uniqlo, we've had Muji make their attempts. We had Uncle Tetsu. Anybody, does anybody know what became, uh, has the Maid Cafe there reopened? Anybody know? Not yet, from what I understand. Will it involve I, maids? I don't know. <laughs> Probably, like, like this is, we're, we're, I, I mean, I'm gathering information for old Mohammed, because I know he'll want <laughs> to go. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, though, is, like, the cheesecake is the thing that's keeping them in business. Well, that, isn't that the core product anyway? <laughs> yes. Remind me to show you this commercial, I, uh, that, that had, that just somebody imagine if they set up the May Cafe at their location at Union Station. If they expand that one, <laughs> just imagine that. <laughs> Wait, there's a there's a location at the there's a tattoo at yeah, uh, at Union Station. It's a little yeah, it's like a little corner beside the ticket booth at the York Concourse. I haven't been to Union Station in a little while because since the Jays suck, <laughs> I haven't mean, really know, had a chance to see a game. They're, they're rebuilding. You know, they got rid of all their players, and which is just kidding. They got rid of everything. Well, no, there were other people that were bought out for more. Mm-hmm. But if you want to watch, you can watch the Raptors. It's it's like it's like they they were so close, and then they got greedy or something. Like they wouldn't they wouldn't want to pay Edwin's salary or it just come on Tulowitzki. Yeah, it's just. Uh, eh. mm-hmm. The thing though so is close. they were going into rebuilding and stuff like that. Guerrero is the future. Boba Shed is the future. True, so true. that's what we're looking forward to. It's like you want to look forward to the Jays. Yeah. It's, you yeah, got to think the '80s and think the young guys, and hopefully it all pans out. Oh yeah, I'll cross my fingers. So there's okay. So there's that. Um, okay, so going back to uh, to Omo, I want to talk some some quick esports Toronto wise anyway, because you know what I'm ta- when I say Toronto and esports you. Probably know what I'm thinking already. Um, Omomo, okay. So Omomo, as I said, first real attempt, and and, and with the popularity of uh, of Dollarama, which really corners the market on dollar on dollar on Looney Tunes t- stores in this country. Is there anything worth a dollar in that store anymore? No, but 
the brownies. Yeah, the chocolate bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Variety I think it is but just they the chocolate basically, bars. They're under. Which, 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 which raised the bar, yeah, so which, to speak. Yeah, raised the bar. <laughs> which, which, which uh, to be fair, I mean, at least the the um, the price of chocolate bars in, in the in those stores actually aren't too bad compared to where compared to a lot of places. It, it's it's almost incomprehensible how cheap they sell their chocolate bars for. Yes, I, I'm trying that part. I'm trying to figure out. So it used to be sixty nine cents for one there. I yeah, don't know now about it's like, nowadays. It's uh, I think it's, I think it's like seven. Uh, it's like sixty nine or seventy five 70, yeah. or something to that. Okay, that's still good. It's, a, it's un it's unbelievable. It's which is uh, it must be buying in where, bulk. Oh no, it helps to buy in bulk. Anyway, so Omomo went there. Um, like let, let's let's run down the list of other uh want of of at least other attempts at an Asian one at an Asian one dollar store because. Really calling them hundred yen shops would be maybe unfair to the actual hundred yen shops. So in this area, in this area, you have uh, one. You have not really best shop, but best shop is more uh, best shop, which is like in the Chinese mall. A lot of the Chinese plazas. That's that's more for cheaper like appliances and stuff. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. it's sort of in the re- at least the feel is in the realm. One which was in Market Village. I think they have one other store. You have uh, you have Ichiban. Um, I forgot the name i'll look it up um you have ichiban living that's the name of the place which is which has had a store in market village as well has a has a two-floor store in pacific mall i think they have one other one or two other locations which i'm not i don't know which i doesn't come off the top of my head but they're rather large omomo is probably the big one right now will probably end up being the big one it has and its store is pretty nice it's uh, the it's new lo- its first location in the toronto area is about the size of a best buy are we talking about momojis no omomo is like the uh, the 100 yen shop no no the, the, one, <laughs> the one downtown oh and muji well muji something yeah. else it's like like omomo you can probably say is a cross between dollarama and muji i suppose right mm. so a little, little higher end muji is muji's yeah, fairly so pricey slightly. but Slightly, yeah. Yeah, they're they're pri- they're a little like Muji. Admittedly, is pricey. They're they're not their products aren't bad. No, that's I actually like I actually like a lot of what I what I've their stationary their stuff. Good. They do the job. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's okay. I mean, it's it's not that bad and kind of worthwhile at, t- at points. It's like the Marie Kondo minimalistic exactly. clothing store, exactly with some accessories. Good, good reference. I like that. Good <laughs> reference. Well done. Not give, enough food though. Give the man points already. No, not enough food. Yeah. And and um, Omomo just like they they just t- they they also sell sell snacks and food, which frankly is probably overpriced compared to if you want to search if you want to take a dive in a in a um, in an Asian supermarket. Like most Chinese supermarkets would have these for a little cheaper, for the, 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 a lot of the food items there for a little cheaper. However, and this is a request from my best friend. If they had, if they had green tea arrow bars, wait, you've tried one? That might actually <laughs> the, the little mini ones. Where, 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 where? Like my friend's been searching for those. No. He he went to Washington the, this morning <laughs> for a cousin's wedding, and he wanted. And um, apparently, it was a request from another cousin in the, there. And he failed. Well, he said he he put it all on me because he knows I'm more likely to see it before he he does, and just. Find it for him. Where, where the hell did you find these? 
We're talking mint arrows. Right? No, we're talking green tea arrows. Oh, Anybody can find mint arrows. That's <laughs> not impressive. You're not impressing me by saying green mint arrows. I mean, Sorry, I bought those I by the green ki- mint. My bad. I w- because that would make me want to try an arrow bar again. Apparently, they exist, and I, I mean, I Google it. There's pictures. Like, I mean, ki- green tea Kit Kats we've known about for years. Different yeah. color Kit Kats we've known about for years. Or different flavor Kit Kats, seasonal Kit Kats, etc. Who we talk about here? Well, mm-hmm. you know, we, we like like we actually um, have gone on a search for green tea arrow bars. Apparently, they exist. He's, and 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 Mohammed's googling this now. I can't believe this that reminds that's a thing. me of when I had a brand of chocolate called Whitakers, and that shit is so good. Yeah, and like I scoured the city for them and then couldn't find them. And then one day, my friend messages me, hey, I found it at this random convenience store on King and Strawn around there. King and Shaw, I think it is. You bet your ass I bought like three or four of those. Yes. <laughs> so, so we're still looking. And um, well, if anybody has a beat on those in Toronto, let, it, let me know. At least I'm curious to see these, to, to see, what the, see these and try these. Um, okay, bottom line on Omomo, and we'll... Put up a link. There's plenty enough said. Really, really, we can't. There's no point in harping on it too much here. Does it have to be green tea or could it be matcha? That, that counts. That counts. Yeah, that matcha matcha works. <laughs> Close enough. Huh? Close enough. Yeah, because <laughs> you know what we mean. Yes, I, I. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures. It exists. How much? And I. Oh. I and um. I. I'd like, I. I. We know the price, but apparently it's sold out from the Amazon, so we don't know how much that is. <laughs> Have you tried TNT or any of those Asian grocery stores? No, I, no, I haven't. But seriously, would it be? Well, I guess it's worth a try. There's a possibility, realistic possibility yeah, of those possibility, being there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe uh, on the drive-ins back into Mississauga for myself later tonight when I go visit family. Uh, mm. I'll. We'll. Uh, I'll go try. I'll probably. Pa- I'll pop, maybe pop by, assuming uh, TNT is still open. Um, okay, as I said, bottom line on Omomo, not a bad place. Wouldn't mind seeing it again. I actually bought, like, a bunch of items for under, and a handful of items, and it was under 10 bucks. I mean, you can get good thing, items there. Good, cho- uh, apply, uh, like, tableware, uh, reasonable, reasonably priced cheap tableware, rice bowls, uh, teacup, uh, teacups, dipping, dipping cups for, um, for soba, chopsticks, obviously, stationary, uh, bought some fridge magnets, I mean, I, my bill is still. What the items I bought uh, came down to ten, was was under was under ten dollars. Not bad. I mean, it's a hundred yen, or put it in, or more likely in Canadian, two hundred two bucks. Basically, the equivalent of two bucks when you put in, I guess, import thoughts, import char, uh, whatever it would cost to have brought brought them over, import mm-hmm. import mm-hmm. or whatever. Makes sense. Some people thought, okay, maybe the items could probably be under four bucks, but I don't think you'll find. One item in there that's that gets over the five dollar threshold. Mm. I don't. I, I wouldn't think anyway. That all said. Uh, that all said. I. Uh, it's probably worth a another visit. It helps. It helps this particular location that it's so clo- that it's so close uh, to the JCCC. This is on Don. This is on um, in the Don uh, on Don Mills. Pretty close to the JCCC area. So, um, location, 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 location yep. helps. No, location good. helps. My friend, the friend I went with, uh, she's been there <clears throat> already a couple handful of times. She told me, 
not a bad place. Worth a worth a check. Worth a check if you are in the east. If you're in the quasi East End in the 404 Don Valley Parkway area, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the East End in the uh, Toronto East End. Terrible so, traffic. If you can get through that, Don Valley is shit. Uh, anyway, so there's that on the that that was immediately on the mind, and I guess one way to start it. Okay. Well, we'll get to the other items later. I, I heard of, at the heart of the issue, and um, big stuff to get stuck. Uh, I don't know how, where, at what point do we start? But I'm glad James is back around here, because um, like we tried to make like like uh, Kevin, Mo, and I bat last time. We like when we were here last time, it, the news had just broke concerning the um, split of Funimation. And Crunchyroll. So here we go with the dive into the streaming services that we promised. Mm-hmm. And um, and over the past two months, we wanted the news to settle, learn a little bit more, see how it would affect things, maybe take a good look at all the service at all possible streaming services. And then, uh, as we were planning this episode last night, there were a couple new developments. So, and I have no clue exactly where to start the story. So, I mean, is there a suggestion where you want, where do you want, where do we want to begin with all, with uh, this little, the, the latest or the latest take on the whole Funimation, Funimation, um, Crunchyroll schism? Well, nothing lasts forever, as they say. So that's one way you could say it. But um, I guess there are other things at work, too, that it was... An agreement in principle, obviously, there were some hard red lines, as we found out this week, with international expansion and stuff like that. And the fact that both of them were recently bought out by multinational corporations, uh, Funimation with Sony Home Entertainment, and then uh, Crunchyroll with AT&T. So you have those on the back burner in that they're trying to, I guess, mold them into their own uh, properties. And then... It's like there have been things saying that some of, um, I guess, the employees on both sides, like it wasn't all hunky-dory. It's like we're getting anime out and stuff like that. There were, I guess, some tension from what some people have said. And that's normal when you're trying like two different cultures, like one from Texas and then one from California and stuff like that. Yeah. But the other thing is just that it, it's... It's interesting when I was looking when they first got together, it seemed like something you see normally in Japan, stuff like that, where it's two separate businesses agreeing to work together. And at that point, as we know, Netflix and Amazon were entering into the fray and those ones have money to spend and they still have money to spend as we have uh, seen the past few months for some of the acquisitions they have gotten. Yeah, we'll get to Netflix because the, um, the, the money they like, have is open to But now, uh, of course, it's like with the takeovers in that, they can now use their parent companies. And as we've heard from this week about international expansion from uh, Funimation's president, uh, basically, uh, Sony said, we can help you uh, do some of that heavy lifting. And Crunchyroll didn't want them to do that. Now, who knows? You never know who to believe in those things because there's two t- sides to every story. There's right? usually three. One, yeah. Each of the two opposing sides and the actual truth. And hmm. some of it, it's like we've already seen in streaming. And I think, I can't remember if we talked about it before. We've talked about it in private, I know, Mike, about how it used to be like we think of it from an English perspective, English fans. But Crunchyroll is way more than that. 
We've seen Portuguese, uh, Brazilian. We've seen Latin America. We've seen French. We've seen Arabic. We've got all these different languages that never really had that much pull, but now they're bringing them into the fold. And they're also doing dubs on Crunchyroll for those languages, Latin America. I think they're doing French and German, maybe. Arabic, probably. They're doing uh, Portuguese, Brazilian, stuff like that. And none of that was on Funimation when they made this deal. It was just the English dubs. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to do probably some of that other stuff, get some of those other dubs probably on their platform or even those other languages. Because, for example, Sentai and High Dive, they've started to add stuff. They've added Latin American uh, Spanish. They've added Portuguese, uh, Brazilian. They haven't added French, which is interesting. But I guess there's only so many people in Quebec, right? So. And it seems uh, we're having a nice little uh, rigmarole over there as we're talking about this. Yeah, Mohammed's already destroying the furniture. Hey, give me a sec. <laughs> give us a sec here. Oh, man. Okay, so... It's like, it's like he's trying to take down all of the studio with one... Uh... Oh, just put it on and then sit on it. And then sit, <laughs> sit back in the chair. But... Um... Context, guys. Context. <laughs> context. <laughs> Just but a, uh, like he, he like he like the one of the feet from the chair he's uh, he he's sitting on actually and that's not off. to say uh Don't since we're it. talking about international expansion that funimation go. hasn't yeah, a, i think that's it snapping back in place <laughs> hasn't been doing uh, other stuff some of those english doves they've started to put into other english regions not just canada u.s into uk i think they've probably even that's gone funny. into australia and new zealand which is interesting because madman and anime lab has been doing that for so long so with this international expansion, some of those other smaller players from the other markets are probably going to be less relevant, but they have been since they've had to license through either Funimation or one of the American ones. They haven't been separate licenses like they were last decade. Yeah, we've... Uh, I mean, licenses are... like there's a, it's a, there's a regional component that's always existed. But that's but now sort since of streaming, they bit. want everything all in one, which makes sense. Which makes sense. And the other thing is, but it's we're getting there. That's going to be the interesting part. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at is okay, everything except Japan. That's what Crunchyroll has done a lot of, and that makes sense for them because you don't have to go through so many contacts and so many people and stuff like that. And I'm trying to think of. I lost my train of thought, but <laughs> uh, well, but. Um, the licenses um, I'm thinking of the marketing it's like the English market is your biggest one but the other one that we've heard about recently in years is China and their streaming services because they've been paying the big bucks and that's where the Japanese are making their money now from some of that they've come around to streaming and stuff like that it isn't just the merchandise the music and the, the blu-rays yeah. but that's still a component and those are still going down sales-wise for the Blu-rays, and that used to be the bread and butter. Mm -hmm. So, well, I mean, okay, I'll, let me get back to the Jap to Japanese and streaming a bit later on. Um, that's another story in and of itself, I suppose. Uh, where to go with this? I mean, here I am, and, and from, my, from my own personal perspective, there's I still hold my own personal curiosity in doing another, uh, 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 furthering my own subscriptions into... The interesting services. thing, so though, is so much fun. So much fun. Well, I know, I, I know, I know where, I know where. I, I see Kevin's look, the look on Kevin's face because I know he doesn't care for this. <laughs> question so mark is also one shit is given. Yes, <laughs> the question mark is also on some things. It's like we're looking at the different subscriptions, but the interesting thing is how Crunchyroll is going to do it forward. If it's going to be like Funimation, because Funimation 
once they had the physical edition out, all the broadcast editions turned to home video editions. But a lot of the stuff on Crunchyroll, they do have some uncensored stuff, but some of them are still home video for some of their licenses Mm. on there. Yeah, So that'll be interesting to see if they... I change that up because going, that's a so. big question mark on them going forward. That's right. The slight edits. So, mm-hmm. the, so essentially you see two versions of a, of a episode, something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And I think that happened when they put, I forget which dub it was. They, because remember they were putting all those subs back onto funny. And then some of the dubs were coming to Crunchyroll and one of them they had up for a few days and then they took it off. And it was because there was, um, a broadcast. It was the broadcast version, not the home video, which had been released. So who knows whether they are going to go home video because mm-hmm. they should have the materials. But as we know, they were sharing those materials among each other. And it's still going to be like stuff released in that deal from Funimation. Like it's still going to work the same because that deal was still in place. They signed all those contracts. It's not like they've broken up. Everything is a free for all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everything's still going to be as normal. It's just what happens come i'd say spring because we've heard from the president of funimation that basically the next winter one some of those contracts were already in place basically the next season basically the winter season of the anime mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so spring we'll see what happens and we'll talk about one thing later where they have announced a few things to say hey we do have big titles coming up and both of them are going to have to do that to compete okay. against their competitors yeah so putting it into context we start, i start to like just to do my own research uh, as a consumer, Crunchyroll six ninety five a month for what would be their regular their their bread and butter subscription, I guess. Yeah, which is premium, I believe. Yeah. Premium, and then and then if you're willing to dig around for it, you can get it on a yearly subscription for fifty uh, nine ninety five. And I believe these are in U.S. funds. Those are in U.S. Yes, yeah. U.S. Dollars. Funimation, much the same uh, five ninety nine. I think it's rated in Canadian actually too. Yeah, we had month. some rated in Canadian. We know they're raising prices. But we also knew that, what was it, like a few years ago, fun, sorry, uh, Crunchyroll changed how they were doing stuff in Canada where if you just wanted to watch for free with the ads, right, you can only watch it for, I think, a few weeks. Then they just put it behind the paywall because we just don't have enough people to make the money on the ads. You know what I mean? It's usually around three to four months on average because mm-hmm. now, so personally, I'm watching three or four shows on Crunchyroll right now from older seasons. So I'm watching Cells at Work. I'm watching The Latest Loop on the Third. And I'm watching Persona 5. And my friend and I are trying to make plans to hurry up and finish these shows. Because we have maybe two or three episodes left on each before the paywall goes up. Before the before before the Great Wall comes on you, right? Yeah, the Great Wall uh, of Canada, I guess. <laughs> the other annoying thing was that because the do- our dollar went to shit, so they decided, oh, we won't raise the price, but in Canada, you don't get access to the back catalog if you're a free member, and that pissed me off. Hmm. Because. At the time, I wasn't watching anything new. I was exclusively watching older shows. And so that, that made me upset, I won't lie, mm-hmm. as, a, as a moocher. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest about that. 
it turned me back into the old way of uh, I guess going it's about well, 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 uh, to actually, the states, I guess. Is that your only... Actually, Sorry, what was that? Move <laughs> no, to the don't states, worry, maybe? <laughs> VPNs, you know? That's, um, that's a very, very, very relevant point, which we'll actually come back to a bit later on. But no, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mo, you have a thought? Uh, anything, uh, a thought? You look like you want to say something. No. Good. Nothing else? He's just angry at me for... I don't know, man. It's like, <laughs> just... But yeah, it's like, I forgot that, yeah, it was that, I, I should have said the back catalog, but it's kind of like when you're saying it's like you're... Oh, man. But it's crazy. I'm not sure if they've done it for any other regions other than Canada. You would think that they likely have. You know what I mean? But we haven't heard about anything other than Canada. In my selfish opinion... They should have just raised the price by two bucks, and then we still have access to the back catalog. But that's just me. <laughs> well, seriously, you don't have anything to add. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still very like like I, I'm trying to still wrap my head around it. Two months later, mind you, I had to wrap my head around a bunch of other stuff not related here. But it just feels like this is like. Take a shot, kids. Fragmentation. Here it comes. Because, um, no, because this is just like a layer, take a shot, of um, things that are going on in the streaming business. And we've been talking about the articles. We've been reading them. I'm sure others have been reading them, too, about people going back to BitTorrent. Yeah. And and it's like, who thought we'd be going back to that? Yeah, BitTorrent has made... uh, Because remember, when this all came about, they said... Oh, don't worry. They'll come if you hit a certain bar, and now it's like, oh, everyone's in now. Mm-hmm. So like this now, is, this well, is it's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, this is going. This is one of the weird parts. I mean, I'm of the belief that competition is good for everybody involved. But now, here's their the competition is at its high, like it's higher than it's been in the past. But now, now you have now you have people who probably. Aren't willing to pay, uh, who who are at least who are spread too thin and will go about other means and mm-hmm. and, and it isn't just the bittor- it isn't just the uh, underground means the BitTorrent means it's just mm-hmm. illegal streaming sites. It, well, no, not not even just illegal streaming sites. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, talking with um, with um, uh, I was talking with Squirrely and Ill Intent last night, and mm-hmm. uh, Ill Intent mentioned to me that in one of the unintended of that a possible unintended effect and Spurly will probably is more than entitled to correct me on this uh, when I start going on this part of it another intended effect uh, effect could be helping helping physical media again too because it might be if it's just one show who's gonna who's gonna show have any interest in wanting to take out a service if the only thing they want to see is one show and then another alternative is actually buying the series we've come to this point and we're at a point now mm-hmm. where um because the shows aren't going to be there forever and exactly. we know that people are start- and that's we, one part of some, the story some some of us knew that from the beginning and we still had physical but it's what sean kleckner mentioned on a recent episode of ann cast okay maybe not that recent but he was saying that because exactly as you're saying People are realizing, oh, it might not always be on Netflix or Crunchyroll or Funimation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I really want this thing forever and ever, oh, and well, the I streaming guess contracts are obviously it. 
Yeah, the like, streaming contracts are probably different. It's like they have different and, renewals and stuff like that. But as we said, if we have the physical, as long as it's in good condition, we have it forever. And those Blu-rays, trust me, they're pretty sturdy compared to some of the other media we've seen, especially yeah. the earlier well, CDs. You can even put you can even put um like legal downloads. Yeah, I was gonna say why don't I just like, like buy it? Like like a like a like, like, like a, a, a like an iTunes, like a, an ultraviolet. Yeah, Funimation's Google. been or doing that for some of the Crunchyroll rolls. An otherwise like, digital uh, download, right? I mean I have I have I have um I have Deadpool and Frozen in my iTunes account yeah, now. I, uh, I have via the I have Baby Driver, Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. on Google. But I've oh, noticed that is a fantastic movie. Which one? Yes. Baby Driver. Yes. So that is a good, but thinking about it, that's actually what Funimation has been doing. They still have the DVD Blu-ray combo packs, but recently this quarter they've had a lot of like some in Japan have not been doing DVD. They've just had Blu-ray. So you'll either have Blu-ray digital download or yep. Blu-ray, DVD, and digital downloads. So they've been doing a lot of digital downloads along with your physical media to own, which is mm-hmm. interesting. And they're the first ones doing that. But just like when they were doing the Blu-ray DVD sets way back when. Yeah. So, but and and my point with it all is physical media, even the physical media, the cost for somebody to buy physical media isn't as bad as it used to be. It's still, it can still, uh, I, I'd say it's the race to the bottom is still there. Like I see even with our bad Canadian dollar, it's crazy how cheap it is to get these half cores or 13 episode sets and stuff like that. And then think about for me, of course, early two thousands, four episodes, five episodes, three episodes, a DVD for eight DVD sets, six DVD sets. Mm-hmm. I remember those And days. then I know for you even, Mike, the tapes and stuff like that, even thinking back then, and you had to choose between sub and dub, and we still had an even worse Canadian dollar in those times. And you're like, and you look, and we look at it now, and we're like, holy shit, this is a great deal. And other people that haven't been around, they're like, this is terrible. And it's like, no, you have to, you have to look at the whole look picture. At, look at where we've, where we've been in the past. So... Right. That, so Obviously, it's not like mainstream media, but mm, it's but, still way better than what it has been. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. So, so that's part. Of, that's another element or layer. Glug glug. The to, other to layer the whole thing. Uh, we were talking about it earlier was things that are in the American market, which aren't in the international markets. For example, us here in Canada, because they've been promoting a lot of VRV, which I guess. Warner AT and T are going to rename right. and stuff like that. Hulu was in the in this and uh, it's is a name that I've heard lately and like mm-hmm. and oh. that's obviously American only. Um, there was they were in Japan at one point and I'm not sure if they're still there or not. So I looked it up. Apparently, they're looking to break into Canada. Hulu? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, so then did the big networks sell off some of their pieces? Because remember, that's how it started out, was the big American networks all had a piece of the pie, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think who had that whole thing where it was, they were in partnerships with broadcasters to show episodes the very next day. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to watch the latest episode of The Office or something, you'd go to Hulu.com, you'd watch it there. But then every network was like, well, we could just have our own internal portal. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and, and, C- and CBS is doing that. And CBS is probably the furthest along among yeah. the, the yeah, yeah, especially no with the content Network. with Star Trek and stuff like that. Being Sign Star Trek you, in, have you seen Discovery yet? Yeah, no, I have. Ironically, I've been watching it on TV. I, that's where I was watching on space. Well, let, let's go back. I'm going to go back to, we'll talk Craven a couple minutes too. Oh, but yeah, VRV. Yeah. 
is interesting. Big fan of Crave. Getting back to that one. American only, but it has all these different streaming services bundled. So it's not like you're paying too much. Obviously, Funimation, not part of it anymore. So they have High Dive, which is Sentai's thing. They have Boomerang, which is kind of like Teletoon Retro, yeah. Crunchyroll, and a few other things in there. But unfortunately, we don't have that option. And it's hard to say whether they could do those type of bundles in smaller markets like us. True. true. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the whole confusion. Are we really that small, though? Canada? I mean, uh, I've been given uh, what you saw when we talked about think, with Crunchyroll. Trust me, we're small potatoes. We're small, we're we're small, small potatoes. In, in many respects. Just ask China and Huawei. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, but I mean, and, and as I said, this is a harbinger of now things to come because we talk, uh, we, uh, in the anime world, the talk here is always about uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll. But we're going down the line now. This is happening. This is going to happen in a form. Uh, we're going to like the other big names when it comes to like the other main, the mainstream name when it comes to streaming is Disney and Netflix. Yeah. And we're about to see a version of uh, like uh, probably an even bigger version of 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 um, a fragmentation happen happen sometime next year, sometime in 2019, when Disney starts its own service. Yeah, and they'll and, probably tie it into their own TV network, oh, Disney, and all doubt, the other. Without a doubt, I mean, they're going to. It'll be interesting their... to see what they do with uh, sports and that too, with NFL, because that's been with them too, and they've actually went on different things. Like it's weird that on Twitch every Thursday they've been doing the NFL game. Oh, did which you... is so. And yeah. this Thursday was even Ninja more was bizarre with Ninja, yeah. like I guess to promote cross. Uh, uh, it's just. Po- uh, I didn't know he was. I didn't know he was into football like that. Yeah, okay. cross streaming and stuff like that. But it's weird how they're all the different ones are kind of doing different experiments and different, um, not merging, but different. Uh, Layering. Yeah, I guess layering. Yeah, we can say layering. Layering. Have yeah. another drink. Though. <laughs> oh, there's another. Have another shot. It's like sports and video but, games. But, but we're having this, right? And um, people have uh, like, I mean, there's been like Neil and Neil. Neil's given his thoughts or given his thoughts. And uh, just for reference, Neil's not here. I guess we should have to. We have to regard Neil. Neil's um, Neil's dental no. <laughs> uh, issues are ongoing. Neil, what do you want to say? No, no. It's, the moment's passed. Yeah, <laughs> Neil's Neil's uh, Neil's Neil's uh, uh, dental issues are ongoing. I hope he um, he's probably still not going to hear this anytime soon. But um, so, but we do. Uh, but we're all wishing him well, as he, because I I do know what he's going through. He's he's getting a he's getting a crown, <sighs> and um, he's uh, he's in the process of getting a getting a crown. Or not a crown, but uh, he's, he's had a dental implant. And I've gone through the dental implant in the last couple of years myself. So I sort of know what he's... So I actually do know what he's going through. It's not, it's not, the, it's not the most painful thing, but it's certainly quite uncomfortable. So, um, he's, so the fo- his focus is there. We'll hear from him without a doubt uh, later, like in future episodes. But his thought, his thought came with... Netflix's own sustainability issues, like he put up an article from um, from an invest from a from an investor, I believe. And um, if I find it, I'll uh, we'll put that in the yeah. In there's the, been a the lot of speculation, but the problem is because they're a private company, and need, Reed Nelson is the head of that company. It's like we only have so much information. Mm-hmm. On top of like the, the thing but is, still to spend all that money, there and, has to be some veracity, as we say. And on top of that, it's it's it sounds like at best. Like um, 
at best, Netflix is just scraping by when it comes to profit because they're investing so much in it. And, is and this- that's what happens at the very beginning. We look at Sony in the early 90s mm-hmm. and that they had to buy up those studios, make the things. And now, so it takes, it, it's, it's the long game. Real, realistically, it's the long game. That's yeah. what they're playing. Well, and they're I at mean, the beginning of the road. And yes, and yes the, uh, but the thing is, but the other side is, but ha, ha, uh, take all this in the streaming era. And I guess that's, yes, it's a different playing field, but yes, but the other side is business is a long game. You can't, uh, uh, there's, there's a degree of uh, uncertainty. There's always going to be a degree of uncertainty anyway in business, generally speaking. So we just don't know how this is all going to evolve. The question is, have they been overpaying for some of the different uh, shows and the different regions they've went into, especially well, as we've talked about Japan before, and we'll, we'll talk about yes. that later. It's more of a case of, okay, so like Netflix is, a, Netflix is a, in potential to lose a slew of content all related to Disney and Marvel. They can't, um, obviously the, um, cancellation of various Marvel shows over the last month or so. And then, and the news came out that those shows have to remain on Netflix for two years after they're canceled. So in their original contract goes, if the show gets canceled, uh, it has to stay with Netflix on the, on their service before for two years. It's one of those, uh, non-competes if you get fired. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, The, the non-compete clauses, which makes sense. So obviously we're, there's. Obviously, we're all curious about the real story behind those cancellations. Who initiated? They just wanted to trigger that that not yeah, that as fast as possible. Like uh, Daredevil season three wasn't that great, but I mean, it, potential for fourth season was there. They could have easily done. Well, the writers and, and, said and, they and, were and ready to go. And, the writers exactly. said they were ready to go, who, so it was just surprising. And, get, for and them, who would be the real beneficiary of it? Netflix, Netflix or yeah, Netflix? Sure, Netflix, but yeah. so who did it? Disney. Could Disney have done this, or really doesn't matter? That's true. Like I mean, like. Like the like um, in many ways, do you want to prop up your would be competition too? Does it, so so would the cancellation? So. Yeah. But, so there's but Disney's think, Disney's thinking long term, five ten years, right? So they know that in now they have all this stuff. They're making these new content, these new stars and stuff for this platform. But that's done. What's next year? What's the year after? What's the year after? So they want the that properties. All in house. Once again, uh, once again, we should have put we should have put the word uh, long term. I, I was going to say the the thing that they also have that we know they've done again and again with VHS, with DVD, with Blu-ray is the Disney Vault. They're going to do the Disney Vault on it. streaming. Yeah, exactly. I guarantee you. Oh yeah, and it, 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 that can take them a long way then to build those original properties. As we said, they've bought Marvel, they've got Star Wars, so they've built up and they got a big. Uh, catalog so they mm. can play the long game and burn money probably even more so maybe than netflix warner brothers universal what about them it's tough yeah like it's hard we to know say. cbs cbs has something they yeah. have they have their all access profit yeah, which was, isn't all that great yeah. which maybe content in terms of content wise you know it's not a bad of, idea it reminds me of uh crave when they first started mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we'll talk about crave in a few minutes too because that's in the, because that's evolved in the last yeah that's evolved in the in last, last month couple with, months Showtime and TMN yes, and yes. stuff like that. If you're up here, in, uh, if for anyone outside of Canada, and one of the biggest angsts here was the lack of availability of of the streaming of the HBO Now streaming service. Um, in, with HBO Now not being available in Canada and having it because all the rights were tied to Bell Media, and Bell Media seemed so content to say, "Oh, if you want HBO, you have to subscribe to a television service." Yep. That changed in the last month or so when they bundled it as part of the premium tier for 
for their Crave TV service and rebranded that. Yeah, they rebranded the stations and said Crave. Yeah, so the um, former, what used to be the movie network is now Crave, is now the Crave network or whatever you want to, whatever hybrid it is. It's Crave. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, the original Crave streaming service is the low tier on that. Mm -hmm. But the high tier involves the, a stream and the and, and a stream, a live stream and a and a you know an on demand stream of items on the Crave network, on the new Crave on what I guess the Crave Television Network, Crave, um, Showtime, HBO. That's the that's the upper tier. That's and that's twenty dollars a month, which is about I think the price it would be in for HBO now in the in the states. I I don't know. Somebody quote somebody um correct me on that. I'm checking right now. You're checking the current price of HBO now. Okay, so that's that's sort of what's happened. Uh, Say what you will. It doesn't on first blush to me. It says okay, this may not be like that's tolerable, but obviously there's a lot of angst towards. Um, the big three telecom companies, Bell, Rogers, and to a lesser extent, uh, TELUS over these type of things when it comes to internet and, um, and phone and internet and cell phones and then and to content and broadcast stuff. Like there's a, a lot of hate on for the for these companies, which, like I mean, the, I, I mean, say they haven't tried to break up the oligarchy, but it's just it is what it is. Yeah, and there's the and, size factor. And I, I, I get I get it. Uh, like it's not necessarily unique in because we see that in the states all a lot. Yeah, we hear people sure play about AT and T and Verizon, Verizon, ESPN buying Comcast, ESPN and Comcast, ESPN buying out all the Fox regional sports networks. I think so. This is not, um, the, so, I mean, we're just talking particulars in each country. So this is what, but this Crave thing, but this thing with Crave is kind of intriguing, at least a new layer to me, because, um, you know, I, I mean, my father had, my father, we've had a long, my father's had a long time subscription, or my, my, my parents have had a long time subscription, so they watch HBO, and obviously we have access to the the streaming services now in the the process of the rebrand they have now increased access because they have what used to be the old crave tv so they're the crave the streaming the online exclusives that would have been through that which includes star trek which includes star trek discovery actually because they because bell has the canadian rights to that mm-hmm. yeah through space through space mm-hmm. so um and then you know uh, original television shows ctv shows I mean, past backlog seasons of um, Big Bang Theory and Blue Bloods are part of that. Are part of the cra- are part of Crave as well. Um, yep, you found out. They, you found out the price of Crave. No, the price of uh, HBO Go- HBO uh, now. But yeah, no, they they had all the shows. That's why like Rogers and uh, Shaw tried their fight with Show Me and stuff like that. But it just did. Fourteen ninety nine American. But fourteen ninety nine American. So that's comparable so we're talking mm-hmm. at least a comparable price this is not to defend them it's just making up op- it's just something no, like they, they pretty much have it locked down they have most of the library people want and stuff like that and they're adding those top tier shows that people want and mm-hmm. you don't have to get them if you don't want to it's all about crave right yeah yeah it's all on crave 20 bucks a month you know you get all that is once show me Select. and that died it uh there's nothing left i mean you, you, i feel like just with game of thrones alone well, yeah. that's going to be finishing up uh, next year, as we know. Yeah, and end of April, I guess. Pretty sure that's not leaving H- the HBO streaming services anytime soon. So Game of Thrones. Yeah, no, it's it's on Crave. It's on Crave, but like it's an HBO property. Well, right? True, true, true. 
They're so, they're gonna make their money on the probably of, on the Blu-rays and that yeah, at the end of the to- year. Everyone will just on the topic get it in the of stuff. on the topic of um, things that leaving streaming services, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's part of the whole thing. So you know, there's that worry about sustainability for Netflix, and so obviously they have to be more creative with the stuff they can procure. Well, hence, maybe uh, the, the deeper dive into Asian, East Asian shows, Korean dramas, Japanese dramas, reality shows. The agreement they had with Fuji Network since us seeing something like Terrace House or uh, Shinya Shokodo. Yeah, we've seen that. They've still been at it with Netflix and that expanding in different areas and going to different countries and that. But other ones have taken a different type. Because remember Amazon, they got rid of all the executives they're at prime and now they took all that back like the bollywood one and then anime strike were first on the chopping block and that they still have some of that program because of contracts like with noitamina and stuff like that but it, it's interesting to see how much that'll go like maybe crunchy roll for how big and how successful it's been has been one of those blips you know what i mean for mm-hmm. a niche product being that successful because their numbers on subscribers and paying subscribers is impressive, very impressive for and a niche product. Do you know what all, I mean? Compared to every, like they're miles ahead of the competition as a niche product. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, which has me wondering is that, can they maintain that with all that's happened? It really depends on what they're paying. We talked about Netflix and we'll probably talk about it again with the money they've put into Japan, stuff like that. You have Terrace House, you have the anime and stuff like that, and all the big studios like IG, it's like Kyoto Animation, Bones, all of them, their recent ones have all went to Netflix because they can actually get the money to make their creative vision. They don't have to compromise for maybe a TV run and then go back and do the Blu-ray and stuff like that. And they also can get that money up front. They can have a good wage which has been an ongoing thing continuously, and they can make the vision, the product they want the first time. They don't have to continually Vision's go Vision's a key back. thing. Vision's a key thing, at least in the, and when, some when, of I, go, when I go back a, to the squirrely and ill intent conversation I had last, uh, last night. It's, it's more of a, like, this is one of those interesting differences I'm told about doing things in a- Asian, Asian movies and Hollywood movies is the amount of creative control ultimately given on all late on all fronts concerning the Asian side, mm-hmm. whereas it, whereas it's all funnel, it's all seems to be whereas all control is funneled through one person, probably the producer or the studio mm-hmm. in the West. Yeah, so, but it's through the guy they have, and I forget his name. That the guy who heads uh, Netflix Japan, but he's the one as the point man there for them, and then they just write the check, so to speak. And really, 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 just leave it at that. As long, mm-hmm. and maybe it's best that way because you still have to keep your subscribers. And if it's still good, compelling programming, compelling programming always helps. It's always your best, you're always your best advertisement. doesn't really, like, I mean, yes, yes, a, a, a clever trailer will make the Samurai Showdown animated movie always look good, no matter how bad it really actually was. I want those $20, 20 American dollars back for the VHS, by the way. <laughs> Which version, uh, subtitled or dumb? <laughs> anyway. Uh. But when it comes down to it, you know, I, I get it. Trailers can make anything, any, anything look real good, but you have to still, it's still, you still have to bring the goods to keep that, keep it going. And the thing though with this is, as we know, is there are so many more things out there 
on the streaming platforms, especially something like a Netflix, that if you do not deliver, they're just going to go to the next thing in their queue or the next thing that's in the trending or in the new section or wherever section they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So there's so many things that can get buried underneath. As oh, uh, it's e when, and, and easily, and, and that's something we'll talk about later because that's one of the things they were talking about this week about one of their recent acquisitions. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing of oh, it might get buried underneath there, but. The question is, is how mainstream, like they say mainstream audience, but how many people are actually on there on Netflix? That's going to be the question, how much they maintain, because we've talked about Disney. I think they could be the big dog. They have the capabilities, especially with the mainstream audience. Mm -hmm. and but it's, people... it's the long term, really. We have to wait and see how it shakes out. We've already seen how that happened in Canada, as we talked about before, how Crave and Bell Media had all the shows, so they were able to just... Take uh, Rogers and uh, Shaw to the woodshed over the over the Canadian services. Yeah, do you and remember at least uh, they, Rogers? Uh, crave Rogers had like a crave. Show me. Yeah, it was show me. me. We were, we're talking about show me. me, and they were on for about less than roughly it, a year. Yeah, yeah, it was about that. It wasn't that. Long. Was it that bad? It seemed fine to it, me. It didn't they, have it, enough it had, content. It, the content was really. The issue. Had, That's why I said like they like, had the interface. I okay. I, 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 I didn't think oh, bad. Actually, yeah. The, Bad interface. I mean, the interface, like, the, oh. it's just like, I wanted to give it a chance. Yep. But it was boxy and weird and things like that. I didn't just, try it, so I'm not sure. I it, wanted to it give it a chance. It came bundled like Rogers. If you, if you had, like, any Rogers <laughs> service, it came bundled in. Mm -hmm, for a year. And then... I'm, I, guess, I, I'm uh, guessing they're giving something else to people now. Yes, Netflix. Netflix, so, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, well, as I said, this is, um, I, I don't know. I mean... I mean, here we are, uh, and I guess one other name I want to throw in in all of this before we uh, end off the set, before we end this off, end off the current version of this story, because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, the other other service I'd always considered was Vicky Rakuten's um, service, which Rakuten service which covers mainly K K dramas, Korean stuff, which has me puzzled, if only because Rakuten's a Japanese company. How, like, I mean. How has like you mentioned, you know, you know, uh, Japan has started to get a little bit more into the streaming stuff. Why not Rakuten? Why not Rakuten? I mean, this is the one that puzzles me. Maybe because it, because it was only recently bought out. Like like um, Vicky's been out for some years. Has been out for a decade, more than a decade, I think. And then Rakuten only bought them out three years, three four years ago, I believe. So mm -hmm. it's still very much a Korean, uh, like geared towards. Korean and China, Korean to a lesser degree, Chinese and Taiwanese stuff, but not really Japanese stuff. And then you said there is the interesting thing where it's more about the raws, and then they allow the fans to then translate mm. said shows. So that's a different. Uh, yeah, that's a different model altogether. Yeah, it's an yeah, interesting Vicky, model. I'm not sure if it'll work. Like they're well, still at I mean, it. They've been trying for. A I long mean, time. what is it? Uh, they're, they're they're having their sale for the standard pat their annual. Um, Christmas time sale for the standard pass thirty dollars a year for thirty dollars for the entire year, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's a it's a different model because all they get is the rights to the raws, and then fans write at, make the translations and make those available. In my sister, my, as I said, my sister was a fan in the past. I I consider it. Maybe. Is this free labor that they're getting? That's the problem. That, yeah, that, that's the issue. Your, and that's part of the, issue. And that's it's like how ANN has such a comprehensive encyclopedia because it's. Okay, it's, it's fan contributed. Wiki, remember this much. Wiki is a Wiki. A, Wiki combines the words video and wiki. That was the idea with the name, mm -hmm. right? 
but that's that's one fi- that's one fi- that's one part of it. So, you know, um, I I mean, there's stuff on, from Japan I would love to uh, further love to see. I'd love to watch that. The like years ago, I saw a fans a fan sub of the um, of their take on the live action GTO and the live action Hana Yori Dango and all of that. And those ones had like legitimate releases. I remember. Here, well, like, really, DVD. I the um, GTO really? live the action, just the was GTO just live the action yeah. movie. Only that. It was that just was the movie. That was and Media Blasters. Dango, Dango, yeah, Hanagiri Dango never. I thought it did. Might have been. Might have been. Um, I was thinking Viz. Korea, there's or a Korean. Or, like there might have been a version of version, it, but, but there was a version of it that came over. So, but it could be a. You're right. A different yeah, but version. but there's never really been that type of stuff. When it came comes to Japanese dramas, and mm-hmm. there's a degree of hesitancy, I, I suppose. Well, we, which in many ways <coughs> that we sort of knew knew about. Go ahead. Well, the Japanese have never been known to be very adaptive when it comes to trying new things. They've always been very risk averse. True. Mm-hmm. For all, for all, for a lot of the things they can do, right? And aren't a lot of these companies owned by the yakuza anyway? Like ninety percent. <laughs> it's, but that tells. But that's a, that's another version of the of those oligarchs, I suppose. And how many of these shows have a Johnny's member in them? Hmm. Because <laughs> they always ask for like ridiculous sums of money for these things, and they always have these like asinine rules about photo- photography and oh, we don't we can't have our actors faces on promotional posters. I just think of that FMA live action example. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. As I said, there's it's it's one of those things, but things are evolving. Makes me wonder how Funimation even got that live action space battleship Yamato movie. Mm, who knows? It might have been because of was it uh, 2022 or something like that of that one uh, Yamato one I think they got too. Could be. Might have been through that. I don't know. Makes you wonder. No, Discotech is the original stuff. So, oh, and that reminds me. Uh, so when th- the Funimation purge happened on Crunchyroll, uh, Space Battleship Yamato 21- 2099 is no longer part of the service, and it's not going to go on Funimation now. Really? Hmm. Where's that heading for? Is it back Hulu? into the abyss. I thought you were going to say back into Hulu. Who knows? Nope, back into the abyss. <laughs> hmm, that's odd. That's an interesting one. That is quite Because odd. Voyager Entertainment, that's why. Oh. That's my suspicion. Anything else to add? No, nothing? Fuck you, Voyager. No. Fuck no. you. <laughs> that show, right 2099, is one of the best re-adaptations of an old anime property. It's fantastic. More people should be watching that show. It only took, what, three years? But it finally went on Crunchyroll because Funimation somehow nabbed the rights for that. And I was so happy that it was being shown to a wider audience as it should have been the whole time. And now it's not on there anymore because of this fucking dispute. (laughs) Drops the phone. Okay. Because, uh, as I said, this is... 2202 got cut off as well because of that. You're right. <laughs> and now I don't have a legal way of watching that show. <laughs> Which means I have to bootleg it now. Bit torn. Okay. Oh. But, 
as I said, this is going to be but it's, one of those said, things. It's the ever evolving you know, streaming universe and stuff like that. And as the little guys are being picked up by the bigger fish and stuff like that, uh, they'll probably want their own control and put their own resources and stuff like that. So it was never going to be forever. No. This is going to be a fascinating story as as it, as 2019 comes along. I mean, I like this whole the whole streaming the whole streaming industry. Forget right. just Funimation and um, forget Funimation and Crunchyroll. It's just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And maybe and once again, I'm more curious just to see how it how it ends up in Canada too. And we're gonna probably lag behind the Americans on that too. I believe you that. know you know what I mean. I so we're, it's gonna be a long game for us, which is gonna be disappointing. So we you're gonna do. have so many people go to BitTorrent and piracy again, especially in the only international 30, market. There's only what? How many of us? Or thirty million? Yep, yeah, there about thirty six. Something thirty thirty six. Thirty thirty six. Yeah, that ain't. It's a lot. And only like what? A tenth of us use the internet. Really? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah, I think maybe you're overstating it, but let's put it this way: How many people have good internet? That's the that's real question. Probably the best, That's probably that's the more. Per, that's probably the more relevant thing to ask. Okay, let's take the break. We're gonna load the gun, and we're gonna load the gun and shoot the bullets. Oops, that didn't sound right. Well, the bullets are coming up. We're gonna talk about. A, there's a bunch of little things we do want to talk about uh, that have come up over the last little while, the last couple months, and. It might be worth a, and they're worth a mention here. So let's take the break. Back with the bullet segment for the first time in this, officially for the first time in the uh, version two era. Back with more. It's the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network. The podcast now continues on this now becoming Saturday evening, December 15th, 2018. Online via the Six Talk Podcast Network. It's about to say in front of a live audience. Uh, Online via the Six Talk Podcast Network, official podcast, Anime North. Nicholas Austin, Ng, and Shamarki around the table with you in conversation. Okay, so um, since we were talking on the topic of Toronto and sports... Just quickly, do we want? Can we spare a thought for um, for the Overwatch team just for a couple seconds before we uh, before we get into the bullets? Sure. Um, oh, esports. Okay. Yes, Toronto <laughs> Defiant. They announced their roster. Uh, you know, they announced their schedule. Is there something we want to mention concerning them? Will this be an interesting thing? I mean, they snagged they snagged the former the head of the um, Canadian Olympic Committee to be the head, to be their corporate the team's corporate head. Mm, interesting. Which which goes for which I guess says something. But some of them, I guess, are trying to stand out because isn't Paris like getting a lot of European players and stuff like that? And so they went a different route compared Mm -hmm. to other things, just like how Shanghai had all the different Chinese players and stuff like that. And sucked. Now it's it's almost exclusively a Korean Korean, uh, players, players, aside from maybe one or two people on Shanghai. Mm. The other Chinese teams have have uh, way more um, Chinese players, I think. Well, we'll see how the tides turn, right? I'm not sure what the uh, look is for Toronto. Um, it, they had a good coach. They have a good coach because it's the former coach of the London Spitfire. Bishop used to run the London Spitfire in there for half a season, mm-hmm. and obviously they ultimately won it all. He left them because um, he revealed there was personal issues. His, his, he went to attend to his mother who who had suffered from cancer. 
halfway through the season. So he mm-hmm. he had he stepped down as the, as London's coach. He's back. He's put up a team that is a little ragtag, but so was London in many ways. In some ways, some mm-hmm. ways, not totally. But um, remember, London won it all, and and Bishop was the was the guy who was one of the guys who got him through, who um, started them on that path. Um, they've taken, I think, two players. I forgot their names, but one of them I know was on Boston. I think the more noteworthy of the two, uh, if you're going to pick a Canadian team that might be more noteworthy, it's probably Vancouver because they took the contenders champions or for a former contenders uh, champion te- championship team. So mm-hmm. I guess they're a division two team. Uh, so they've taken, they took in the entire ro- their entire roster. And I think they seem, and I think the former runaway team, that's what they, they were called. That's what that team used to be called. What sports or what games are they playing? Oh, it's Overwatch. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, but um, I guess they're expanding more because they said they won't be in their studio, California. Studio yeah, they, they, stuff yeah, like they that. That there may be some away games. Yes, so they I did announce we'll that da- that they will host weekend games in Dallas, Atlanta, and then the um, yeah, the and then stay in LA, but at, go to LA Live, the mm-hmm. former Nokia Theater, I believe. So. Um, so they'll be playing games in those. Those are they'll be by and large neutral site games, but the these are also going to be the home. The Nokia Theater, I think, is the is the home will be the home home ground for um, the uh, Los Angeles Valiant. So LA will figure into the schedule at that point. Dallas, obviously, that they'll play that they'll that's the Dallas Fuels home ground. They'll be playing in front of their home fans, and Atlanta has an expansion team as well. So. Mm-hmm. Atlanta will figure into the schedule when they play games there. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be throughout uh, throughout the season. It's just their first experiment with trying to play games in said cities, in mm-hmm. the in the cities of their actual teams, the home cities of the actual teams. Uh, as I said, yeah, I mean, way back when we started, we when we when we started the six talk era, um, I we I mentioned my own fascination with watching a little bit more esports. And 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 then more and it, it morphed into more of an interest in watching Overwatch, but more because of the production values and the way and the way commentating and, too, huh? The commentators, the commentators too, mm-hmm. and it had more of a feel that probably could work more in tune for North American sports fans. The the pace mm-hmm. of uh, Overwatch, uh, if you're just uh, if you're just a viewer, its pace probably works a little bit better for a North American viewer than it would. Seems so like if you tried to, yeah, yeah, (laughs) and then real sports, and then if you try to, because then if you tried other games, anyway. (laughs) Well, when you have Blizzard behind you, Activision Blizzard, it definitely helps. Yeah, as I said, I'll, 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 I guess just as a casual fan, I'll be keeping up, but that's what they're trying to look for—somebody who wouldn't like uh, new fans anyway. Okay, I think we said too much. Okay, so here we go. It's the bullet segment. As to. once again, with the disclaimer, and this is a disclaimer that's always been said whenever we do bullets, whether it's here or any other real program, because this is nobody. This is not a real show. This is not a well-organized show. Um, these are little things which may become bigger things depending on how much we give a damn about them, about these, uh, about these stories. And for all we know, one bullet may actually take up the entire segment. But um, we have a few, and I think we intend to go through all of them. And they're sort of tied together in many ways. Um, So bullet number one. So item. Neon Genesis Evangelion. I mean, we want to avoid talking about it during the actual net, during talking about the streaming services, because this is just more of a licensing deal in and of itself. But 
The news uh, is Kara wants a boatload of money. They waited long enough, and they got their boatload of money or close to it. Uh, well, <laughs> more or less. More or less. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, once again, a lot of layers to this story. Shot. Shot, shot, shot. <laughs> shot, shot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> after, like, uh, after the news, um, word came out. Now, can, can, uh, now, somebody explain this to me, how... Um, we may end up seeing a new dub for this. Can somebody explain this, uh, the story of how we could end up with a new dub? I think it's just Netflix has done that for all their anime and stuff like that. Even if it's been public, public. Now this is the first, this is the first one they've had where it's been previously released and already had a dub. In other words, they do something in house. Yeah. But they've done a lot of their dubs out of California, not out of like, it's the same people that have worked with Bang, Zoom, new gen pictures and all that, but they're like weird names that I can't remember, but they're all in California. But um, it's like not surprising too, because we've heard about, remember this was licensed by ADV. This was one of their first titles. It was like 95. So a lot of those contracts were a lot different back then. They weren't as polished as they are now. So a lot of the times the dub would actually be retained by the licensing company, i.e. ADV. So... There's that to factor in too. So Even in though words, Funimation was able to get them all back pretty much for the movies. But by and large. But there's all sorts of like things you can do, say whatever you want. But as we've heard, the voice actors are trying to petition to get their spots back. But they've also probably started the process so much further along. You know what I mean? Because Amanda Winley, who did Ray, said that she had talked to the dub director. So. Basically, they had done this, had this in the works for a long time, and it's like they normally do. They announce it relatively close because they're saying spring 2019, well, and they, it was just a teaser. She said it's in good hands, right? Mm-hmm, so correct. I can only assume as such. Yep, and it's the series and the two movies since we're talking about so. And if rebirth is in there, yeah. I mean, I, I, the angle I have of it, and the first inkling I got was. For some strange reason, I received an email from <coughs> Tiffany Grant, who played Asuka. Mm-hmm. That was surprising when I heard that happened. That she that she actually went out. First of all, I, I have no clue how. Like I know, like Tiffany Grant's visited Anime North, so maybe I put my name on the li- uh, put my name on him. Yeah, on, she, on was, yeah she was at Anime North with her husband mm-hmm. uh, Matt Greenfield, and he did the original direction for that because he did a lot of the original dubs for ADV and was mm-hmm. prolific in the early two thousands. Yes, so. Um, I guess I put my name name on the mailing list at the at, when she was at that time. So, or or the maybe the yeah, well my like my own personal name because there's no way it would have been our old um, email address because that would have been tied to Comic Den to mm-hmm. to the Comic Den uh, domains. So, um, so for some strange reason, I I somehow ended up with this email from from her talking about all this. So that's how I found out out about this angle with me who who doesn't really keep up with this stuff. But I found it an interesting story, but it's not it, like I heard it was more technical mm-hmm. that like the it was also partly technical that the um that mm-hmm. the remastering may do something too, but Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how like I'm sure it'll be better than what ADV did. Like they did a great job on that DVD remaster, remember last decade and stuff like that. The platinums. Yeah, the platinums and stuff like that and they did go back, I guess, and do a few things with uh probably the dub as well and things like that, but it, it should be in good hands. We'll see how it plays out for that. Mm-hmm. Petition's still there. I guess we'll, 
I guess we'll put a link but to the But a lot of people, I, well, there have been others, and I agree, like, it's been so long that probably it, a new dub, if you do it right, probably would and, be the better route. And it's not unprecedented. I mean, when, um, when I guess the only other one, one that comes to mind is Akira. When Akira mm-hmm. got picked up by Pioneer, or Genion, or whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. the um, Streamline Pictures dub got <clears throat> scrapped, and they made a new dub. Johnny Young Bosch starred, starred in that. And then the good thing was when it came to physical from Funimation, we got all those dubs just yep. like Discotech is done with a lot of their old stuff. So they're getting a lot of those dubs we haven't seen. And unfortunately, oh, yeah. and with, course- to tie it back to Ava for a second, we don't know what's going to happen. Like if it'll have a physical release, because a lot of the Netflix stuff just haven't had physical releases. Like it's Knights of Sidonia has gotten one. It's not something you like, think of. Um, yeah, it's happened, which Academia really is up. a big one for them that they had a few years ago. That hasn't gotten a physical release, been licensed out. The same thing has happened with some of Amazon Prime stuff. But it'll be interesting to see how that goes, like if they're going to sub-license through Netflix or whether they're going to ask for another boatload of money because I'm sure they looked at it, everyone looked at it. It was just the price they wanted. And it ties into probably the other things that happened the decade before that ADV had that continuous contract and they kept on going, but then you had the bad blood as they did the live action. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Like ADV said to Guy We'll get the Guy yeah. and we'll, we'll get the live action Ava and all this stuff. But realistically, I don't think it was ever in the cards for them to somehow, like they probably wanted big Hollywood and all this other stuff, but I don't think they had the resources to find those people. Mm. And then it just went to the courts and then it just the license when ADV finally imploded along with everything else, it just went into the ether. So at least people be able to see it. Right into the abyss. Yeah. At least people will be able to see it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The other thing that the other redubs that come to mind are anything that Miyazaki related to Buena Vista. Yep. And I'm sure done too. Maybe they'll finally finish Evangelion now. But yeah. Oh, if anyone's interested, I do have the original, like, the original DVDs. Yeah, I have those two. And the and thing, the I'm reason wondering I if I should them, keep them. Or I not. would keep them because they have the French, they have the Spanish, and what was the other language? They had every language under the sun on those DVDs, so that's why I kept them. Last time I checked, they went for about 70, 80 bucks on eBay. <laughs> if you have Platinums... Well, uh, I have Platinums, too. We'd have I had the original Platinum singles release of Evangelion <laughs> with the art box. I flipped that for like over 300 bucks. I have, yeah, I have because the, it has all the extras. I have the metal case. I have the metal case yeah. just for reference of that. Yeah, they had a lot of the extras. I have the metal case for that. Ooh. Nope. The thin packs? Yeah. The metal case. Uh, how much does it go for? Probably not as much. Not as yeah, much. I think the thin packs didn't have all the extras you're saying. I think they, that I think, was a possibility too. I mean, they, they may have stripped some of them. I don't remember. But no, the platinum still goes for like 100 something. Last time I checked, it's okay. been a while since I looked into it. I have a, what was it? I think I, f- I found a platinum thin pack at Nomonoichi last year. I bought it just to flip. Anime Roundtable <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> if anyone's interested. Anime Roundtable at gmail.com or uh, just check us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. Well, I might actually watch it too. That's the other part, right? No, it's, well, you know how I am. I need to watch it with someone. I don't want to watch it by myself. Just not how I roll. But given like That's its true, actually. place and stuff like that, and how it's built up over the years, I'm sure it'll get good viewing numbers from Netflix. I'd imagine. And, so. and once and again, it, it, it hasn't been out for so long that you have this new generation that hasn't really seen it. 
On top of that, yes, and but they know of its le- of its mm-hmm. legendary. Well, they status. know the movies um, yeah. and stuff like that, and then they so. know, and obviously, obviously, its status within North American fandom mm-hmm. goes without saying. Okay, I think the dub. What was I going to say? I wouldn't mind them redubbing it. At the same time, there's you know, a fascination yeah. with it. I find a fascination. I don't know if it's uh, wa- uh, if it's you know watch the train wreck type fascination. But there's a fascination there. I'd say let them let the old voice actors come back. Yeah. I don't have any issue with that. I know not everyone liked that dub. I'd say give them a chance to redo it. Like I know they've done all this thing, but as I said, I think the trains already left the station, so to speak, mm-hmm. and it like they had everything under lock and key, and then this was them just saying, "Hey, we got this big show for you coming in spring 2019," just like they do with their live action and other parts of Netflix. True. True. It, I mean, the only other uh, thing that uh, other instance of a redub that comes to mind and was a unique one was Maria Jima when she came when um, ADV did re, got the rights to to Macross. Macross. And I remember watching that. I have the she, DVDs. That was a great set too. Like yeah, that was the same that was time period as Ava Platinum. Yeah, that was fascinating. I mean, she played her in Japanese, and then they asked her to come back to play Min Mei again in the English dub. And I thought that was an interesting little take. Yeah, that it. was Matt Greenfield as well. That so. was really an interesting little side, like his uh, footnote in in Macross from Macross. They've always more, had like weird things with dubs. Yeah, like I think more so for this one, I would say the parallel is more five centimeters per second. Yeah, and you I have. Was thinking of that I still too. have the ADV DVD, and I'm sure that's worth tons of money because it has the ADV dub on it. And then when it went to Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll slash and, Bandai or something like that. Well, it was that, and then what was it? Discotech released the Blu-ray, the domestic one, and that one they ended up having to redub and used Bang Zoom. So, yeah, I, hmm, I've I didn't heard. See, see, so we have not seen. So we have that. So, when I was so in, the only way there. to hear ADV's version of it is to have the original DVD, which 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 is in, around here. Sorry, I think they didn't like that dub for whatever reason. Who? Um, Someone, or... somebody on the Japanese side. Okay, somebody but it's in weird Com- because on the what was it? Stephen Foster had done all the other Shinkai stuff for them, so that's an interesting take to have. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I do think the ADV dubs a little better. Yeah, like there's a more I want to say more nuance is what I want to say is in there. Like yeah, it's all correct and everything's there in the Bang Zoom, but it, there's more nuance and feeling I think in the ADV dub. That's why I kept my DVD for that show. For which? Um, for the for that dub. Yeah, five, five centimeters. Per I cent. have five cm still here too. So I remember I went to Chicago that year, <gasps> and I think that all that crap just happened. So I was like searching for that DVD, and you found it. And I was lucky to find it at uh, what's that chain that doesn't. It's like some DVD chain in the states. I don't remember their name. But, okay, cool. They're, which but means yeah. they're probably was it gone. Suncoast? Was it Suncoast? It was not Suncoast. Not Suncoast. It was another it probably one. Probably means they're also uh, gone. Not oh, there's there are so many other ones, but they're just dead. <laughs> they're in the gone. <laughs> All gone. <laughs> well, Borders Borders is still alive somehow. <laughs> it is. Somehow. Yeah, it's still, oh my god. Somehow it's like I'm talking about manga now, but it's still it's peril. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Mo, Mo, you want to add something? Or should I just go to bullet number two? I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. Item. <coughs> Item. Once again on the Netflix side, since we didn't want to bring it up in there uh, in the longer discussion, Cowboy Bebop hmm. and the live action Netflix buying the rights to this. This has been something that had been always in development hell, I guess, for lack of a better choice of words, for 
what, a decade, I'd say? Yeah. And I guess it's the right time because, as we said, some of those anime studios have cozied up to uh, Netflix because they're getting the money. And that's, uh, I want to say Bones, but not Bones. Um, I mean, we had this. Sunrise? Sunrise. Okay, Sunrise. Sunrise actually hasn't done something, so I guess I'm wrong. That's interesting. We had this long discussion about. Like, I mean, it's not a big secret. Episode five, we talked about live actions. And I mean, we're all skeptical. I guess uh, we we welcome this news with a degree of skepticism. Once again, maybe with the want to watch the train wreck type thing. Well, we saw it with the Death Note movies. So I guess. Well, yes, but we. But I don't think it's going to be that bad, but I mean, you never know. You like, never know. Like, this is this this has my attention. Obviously, because we talked about Bleach, and Bleach was watchable. Yep. Kenshin, I've always historically said, was watchable. The Kenshin live action, at least movie one. Eh, we'll talk about movie two and three you know, another time. Um, we can talk about those two another time. That was watchable. Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. going to be eh. interesting. Could work. Could Depends. work. If you throw enough I mean, money just, at it, it'll it just work. Yeah, like, is it a movie? Is it? Are we talking a long? We don't really series? know what it is. If it's a, a reinterpret, obviously it'll, it'll be. We don't know about the budget, of course, which is a big with special effects and stuff true, like that, which they're going to need probably. I thought it was a TV show. So did I. A ten well, episode TV show. Is it TV? Wait, is that the plan for? People? I thought that was what I read. I could be double, mistaken. Let's, we can double check that. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's just that I have to say yep, live episode, action. Ten episode live action adaptation. Okay, cool. No cast has been... Oh, they're yes, gonna, They're going to start filming in April? Wait, wait. So you mean Keanu Reeves is not going to play Spike anymore? <laughs> and that leads to another part of this How do you story. cast this? Yes, and that's the next layer. And I guess Sunrise shot, 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 and shot, shot, Japan shot, will, shot, have, shot, uh, shot. will have their hand in it because I think they're under exclusive producers as well, Watanabe and Sunrise and that. Mm. So I mean, I mean, th- is this a no-win situation here's or the, yeah. can well, it work? Isn't that just a formality? Like for though? The, um, here's the casting description. There is for each of the characters. I think there is like some formality. People. Okay, let's read these. Let's read these. Uh, where casting description? Um, send me the link to this later. I'm going to read these out loud. Nice phone, by the way. This is a hey. It's a nice phone. Okay, of course, pixels decide to put notches on them. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read these verbatim from ScreenRant.com for the um, what will be the descriptions of each of the main characters. And, um, yeah, which probably t- hints maybe the influence of the, uh, uh, the influence of the producers, where the influence is coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay, Spike Spiegel, an Asian or partial a- partly Asian man in his mid to mid-20s to mid-30s and must have athletic... I-, I, guess they're, I guess this is the casting call. Pretty much, mm-hmm. yeah. This sounds yeah. like the casting call. Spike. I mean, they're not. I'm hopeful that, from what I can tell, they're not making the mistake whitewashing it. They're saying it's not going to be Ghost See, in the Shell, even though Ghost in the Shell. Ironically, the that one is, the producers from Japan liked. You heard that? Is weren't like they? The but aren't aren't they all white in Black Cowboy Bebop? No, that's the interesting part. The the like, it's more international. Come, you know what I mean? So that, they, they could go any way. They could go any way. That jet looks pretty white to me. That's that's. That's and part Spike. Of, and that's part of and the di- And this is part of the dilemma. This is part of the dilemma, the casting dilemma. Spike is young, handsome, male lead with a body like Bruce Lee. I get the which probably lead, which probably narrows down the acting pool already. I can probably think of a couple people who could fit that bill. That guy from Crazy Rich Asians? Entirely Aww. possible if he if he can learn if he can learn a little uh what he's trying to do sure. By default. Um The Blue Power Ranger? No, uh the Black Power Ranger in the new Power Rangers movie that came out? 
So there's plenty of possibilities. Mm. I was about to say uh, Birth of the Dragon too, but I think oh, that, that guy's guy, too he was old. Good. Yeah. He was yeah, even though even though the movie was terrible. He was pretty good. Well, there's a bunch of Asian actors that just don't get roles. They this have is... to be. They have to exist. But uh, but okay. So that all said, uh, English English speaking or Japanese speaking. Let's, hmm. Let me let, let, think, think about that. I'll read the I'll read the uh, casting calls. Okay. It's shot, 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 shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, well, let me read these casting calls and then um, think about that for a sec. Okay, uh, back to Spike. His carefree demeanor hides a seriously dangerous individual. Spike is prone to shoot first and improvise, unlike his more serious partner, Jet, but he gets the job done. Spike tries to hide his sensitive side, but is a sucker for a damsel in distress and is haunted by his past. Good description. I like that. Mm, yeah. Faye Valentine, an Asian, or once again, mixed heritage, woman in her early 20s to mid-30s, must have athletic ability. Faye is the female lead, an attractive bounty hunter with a sharp tongue. She's a survivor and and will con anyone to get what she wants. Faye has no memory of her early life, including family or friends. So even though she'll never admit it, she likes working with the other members of the Bebop crew. Jet, Jet Black, an African-American or partial American. A partial Af- African-American in his mid-30s to early 50s. Wow, big range there. Mm-hmm. An ex-cop, Jet looks intimidating, but is a softie at heart. He's become fed up with the, with the corrupt system. Sounds familiar. But he still catches criminals as a bounty hunter. While Jet believes in the law, he will always back up a friend. Occasionally, he will even relax and have fun. Radical Ed. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Radical Ed. That's the, that's the name they gave? Edward Wong Popolo Perchersky the third. Okay, I still remember that. Wow. What uh, the Edward Wong? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that. Edward it rolls Wong out the tongue, doesn't it? Huh? Oh, that I would remember that type of that I would remember the uh, the exact the full name. Yeah, Edward, I'm gonna say that again because it sounds so cool to say. <laughs> Edward Wong Popolo Perchersky the third. 14-year-old girl must have athletic ability and short stature. Ed is a 14-year-old computer genius and expert hacker whose talents are indispensable. She is extremely energetic with a childlike wonder and is eccentric, bordering on the bizarre. Vicious. Mm. Yay. A man in his mid-20s to mid-30s of any ethnicity with pale skin and white hair, Vicious is the merciless leader of the criminal organization known as the Syndicate, and will ca- kill anyone who gets in the way of his business without second thought. And Julia. Julia, woman in her mid-twenties to mid-thirties of any ethnicity. Julia is a sophisticated blonde damsel in distress that has a mysterious connection to Spike. She appears to him in visions and whispers to him about his past. The real Julia is the girlfriend of the merciless syndicate leader, Vicious. What about Ayn? What about Ayn? It's not hard to cast the animals, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> just make sure, just make sure it, it obeys commands, I guess. He or she. Whatever da, uh, whatever the uh, Welsh Corgi does. That sounds like the casting call. That does sound read like it's the casting call. So, which has us wondering, okay, so will Japanese they're, be... They're aiming to start filming in April, so hopefully we'll have some kind of big announcement in, like, March or something. So there's mm-hmm. hope now. Okay, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the, thanks for the, uh, link. So we'll put this, we'll put the, this link in the, um, we'll put this link in the, uh, in the show notes. Really interesting, though, that to have read the, uh, to have read the, um, to have read the cast, it would essentially amount to the casting call, really. 
So that, that leads to an in another interesting question. Once again, ethnicities, will speaking Japanese be a requirement here or not? I don't see why I, it should. Probably I, not. Is it set in like space or something? Yeah, yes, it's it is. international. Space. So I think likely CU they'll space. go for an English, <laughs> uh, English cast or maybe have some. CU Space Cowboy. So, None um, of them were distinctly Japanese. Nope. And do they, like, it's like they're just people in space. So it could be anybody, <gasps> really. It's not like it's set in Japan. Mm. So. Like, if it was Akira, then okay, I can understand why people bitched about that. <laughs> Tetsuo! <laughs> Kaneda! But, uh, <laughs> but these were all, like, I don't want to say racially ambiguous, but Ed was always racially ambiguous. And then, what, the other three were pretty we say, much white, we so... Say, yeah, we can say gender sometimes, too, about mm -hmm. Ed. Yeah. Right? We can say, I mean, I, 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 it pains me to say that sometimes, but... Mm. I mean, okay, Ed was played by a woman. Always played by a woman. <laughs> okay, I get that. I get that. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Do you think I, people will be upset about the whole thing with Ed being the way Ed is? Like, just, just the wise? new name? Yeah. What's the name again? What was Radical, Radical, Radical Ed. Ed. They may not even keep the Radical in. Yeah. I mean, as her name in that show, she just, may just be called Ed. Just Ed again. Mm-hmm. Which... Who knows? Yeah. It's just this like this is one like for all we talk about when we had that long conversation about live action shot 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 uh <laughs> the that live action uh, about live action adaptations of anime of Japanese anime and manga. It's kind of funny when you say the, that in the other one I'm thinking in my mind now and they've been promoting it on screens and just Tears the heartstrings because of the big eyes is Battle Angel Alita. <laughs> mm -hmm. Given that yeah. James Cameron said he was going to direct it, then he's not directing; he's just producing. And you just see these eyes, and it's like, oh my god! You know, that was the one thing I could have let go <laughs> because now it's just going to be known as the movie with the android with big eyes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I still hope it's good. I do want to watch it. Yeah. So that's... Like, it's got the pedigree. It's just this one thing you see and you're like, holy shit. Like when you first see the trailer, you don't even think about it. And then when you see it, it's like, oh, it's this. Bingo. I can see Yuki Tokishiro saying, nope, got to keep those eyes. <laughs> keep them there. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that piece of information. I mean, everything we said about... The live about live actions in the last episode, that's a convention kind of throw out here that has the potential to, to be safely tossed out here. Mm -hmm. That this 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 is going to be like sure I'll watch it. And once again, with Netflix uh, with Netflix losing content with the Disney deal mm -hmm. with the Dis with Disney, I mean it has to come up with its own, and that's interesting. This is interesting. Mm -hmm. As I said, could be for a train wreck. I don't know. It's going to happen. So. I'll keep my subscription. I will believe it. Even though when I see it at my friend's house. Yeah. Yes. On his oh, Netflix yeah. And I account. forgot to mention this. And we forgot to mention this in the last segment because the last time we were kind of mentioning Netflix and anything. Um, Netflix is upping their price. will be upping their monthly subscriptions. So. Um, you got to pay for those shows somehow. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think at least $3 a month for, for, for the standard plan. How and much for now? $10. So it's oh. like going to twelve ninety nine or something. 
So hmm. that's that, that. I mean, I mean, for everything, for all the fragmentation happening, for all the fragmentation and all the I- issues. Oh my God, twice you said it twice. Yeah, fragmentation. Frag- <laughs> for all the fragmentation, <laughs> three times <laughs> happening. I mean. And then Netflix upping their prices with the potential of losing co- key pieces of content with all of this going different places. And then the other comparison and come later like com- to the, the thing comp- will probably comp- be the same price. Yeah. So if you want is, all this content, you're going to comp- be playing just as much as the old cable packages. Maybe, yes. You know? So is the competition good? Wait, which, which Netflix plan do you have? The basic? Not the basic, like the second tier. Which it's is the standard? Standard, yeah. Why not go for the premium Ultra HD? The same I, price? I don't have the I don't have the displays to do it. I was going to say, you know, I, was like, I don't think most people have the 4K. Like, no, I have it open, and if you look, there's like three tiers. But the second and third tier are the same price. Same price. But you get like, I guess, 4 Sorry. You get 4K display and stuff, you know? Yeah, if you have the display to start and, and the bandwidth. I'm guessing probably once more 4K TVs and it's more out there, it's like it'll probably be merged into the others. It's just like how you see the... PlayStation 4 Pro and then the Xbox One X oh. and stuff like that. It's like that's been. It's just that's what has my. But that that's another another thought to the whole. I want to avoid the avoid the shot words. Another thought to the whole Netflix thing now. I still don't have an HD TV in the living room. I mean, I still have this thing. Wait, when you say you don't have an HD TV, well, what do you quantify as an HD TV? Something like what- that. Ha- a TV that has an HDMI slot. Whoa! Really? There is one in the parents' room. Okay. Cool. But the living room, no, because it still works. What what, what do you have there right a now? A CRT. It's a big CRT Sony TV that we bought back in 2001. When you say big, how big is big? 32 inches? Like 50 half inches? the size of this yeah. table. I'm guessing you could probably sell to someone for a good thing because you know how many gamers want their CRT experience for the retro games. Right? I need it for Double Dash. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so... um. I guess that'll be a watch in, in and of itself. Yeah. Okay, bullet number three, item. Fruits basket. Yes. I, I don't really know what to add to this because I, I can't say I know too much about this story. Finally. Okay, what do you want to say about it? Because um they finally they, like the cast has been like um yeah, it's, it's gonna be redone, it's a reboot, new cast. I know it there's some, like full story and, and all they'll, that. They'll so be able to like, flesh out the entire story yep. this time in some form. So and, much left out. It, it, it sounds like, because speaking with some friends about this, they seemed kind of disappointed that the original cast isn't coming back. With we, we, I mean, we see, we talked a lot at length about Card Capture and and its original cast coming back. Mm-hmm. But this the is interesting not... thing is, I forget which one it was from the original cast, and they said they liked the casting. So it all depends. It's like, I, this is like my this is just a suspicion, but Natsuki Takaya, the creator of Fruits Basket didn't like that first adaptation. Well, that was that an Akitaro Daichi direction? Yes. Yeah, I believe yeah, so, yeah. So because it's been I think it's been publicly known that she didn't like that adaptation. So she probably wants nothing to do. She doesn't want any association with that original series in any form. That's just my guess. Well, right I, the way the, she right worded it in her like words because they had words in the career and that is she wanted, I guess, a fresh start and you talk about all that stuff. So there could be some kernel of truth in that, talking about wanting a fresh start, fresh cast and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And not to a continuation, just a full, fresh reboot. And it makes me wonder how much money the original cast would want 
because you know there's mm, uh, is money <sighs> like can we can, do, do like the money issue like do you have a leg to stand on there i mean i get it that um the much of that original cast is probably well established and all that stuff but do they have that type of swing in these type of matters now still makes you wonder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because i can just see them thinking you know what we're just gonna have a brand new show for a brand new set of fans we're gonna do it right maybe and maybe. it's probably i guess the right time because they did re-release uh fruits basket in japan and then here in north america under yen press in those omnibus things so I'm guessing that was part of the reboot plan, so it's probably been in the works for a while. Speaking of those Omnibus packages, are you guys pro that or not pro that? Well, like Omnibus those, manga? Like those type of ones like are the ones that we want because those ones, I believe, actually, no, those ones were soft cover, but they do have some really good ones hard cover as well. So it all depends. It like, depends on the trim. Mm-hmm. Like, like the Card Captor Sakura Omnibus editions, perfect size. Yeah, like some of those Dark Horse ones, those sizes are fine. The lower ones aren't as good. The Chobits one? What the hell were they thinking? That book is so fucking fat. You're going to break the spine in 20 seconds after you crack it open. It's kind of funny because they lost Cardcaptor Sakura, Dark Horse did, because Kodansha is going to do the new editions, which they're doing new editions, I guess, in Japan as well, and that's what they're based off of. So yeah, I might, might decide to sell my omnibus editions of the manga. But it's I, I think they're good enough for what they are. Like, they did really good quality and leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, it is pretty good. But I still got to keep up. But for, uh, <laughs> but for Fruit Baskets getting uh, back to that, it's like... It was interesting how we had all the Japan stuff and then we had the Funimation side say, oh yeah, we have this kind of that shot at the bow to say, yeah, the the funny crunchy thing is going to go through next season, probably the winter, but we do have those big shows still. Couldn't get Evangelion, so we better get Fruits Basket now. <laughs> well, it is an evergreen title for them, remember? So Because they had, what, the Blu-ray set of the original couple of years ago too? That one was supposedly pretty good. I never bought it. I guess it's now a good time to refresh that franchise because fruit basket does yeah because the older you know the old the older that series gets like the less and less people talk about it it's overdue mm-hmm. it's a good series and they it have was. done other a, series fun, and stuff it was like a fun that. watch i will say that much despite what and i'm sure she doesn't it. mind the money because she hasn't made a good series since fruits basket Ooh. <laughs> murderer okay well okay so that's those that's bullet number three um what did i say i want what else did i want to add in terms of the bullets aside from before going into other stuff um okay so the calendar yeah. you want to save the lot the um fan festival for the last friend uh i thought it was a part of the calendar Okay, let's, yeah, the, the, so essentially it will be the end. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Sorry, in, it was like, I thought it was kind of old and new calendar sort of thing. Well, as I said, in the intro, and once again, and I use this, fra- I use this phrase, uh, and in the, so in the interest of filling space, because it certainly has nothing to do with being relevant <laughs> um, and topical. Uh, yeah, the stuff happened already uh, over the last two months that um, I wish we had a chance to mention before they happened. So here's what's, uh, what some of the stuff that anime fans in Toronto missed if they didn't get a chance to go to it in the first place. On uh, November 29th, um, 
I mentioned uh, Neil mentioned he wanted to see this uh, thing, called, this uh, series called Food and Film. Um, I think they'd be. Uh, it was at the Review Cinema here in Toronto. They'd be showing various movies, but then they do a. F- but before the movie, uh, a local restaurant would be doing, a, providing a snack. Is this the one in Roswell? I believe so. Yes. Oh, okay. And in, and on the docket on November 29th was Kiki's Delivery Service, and they had a popular and they and uh, a local crepe restaurant, a, a, a local crepery um, gotten was involved and made you know and they specialize in Japanese style crepes. So they made they made so everybody who went that day went to watch went to had a had a nice little had a snack before the movie. Um, that was for the Japanese. Two days later, I believe on the on December first, they showed the dub, Kirsten Dunst, which I believe starred Kirsten Dunst and Phil Hartman, of course. Yeah, Phil and Man, Phil I miss Hartman. I missed early two thousands Kirsten Dunst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh well. Yeah, she, she. I think she. She. Yeah, she had it back then. Didn't oh she? yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, December sixth, the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center showed Kudada. Remember, I, I mentioned way back when, when um, Old Mohammed and um, Neil were here. I made a recommendation concerning Miss Hokusai, mm-hmm. and then the whole fascination with Miss Hokusai with Hok, with uh, Hokusai's daughter these days. Um, so Miss Hokusai, the uh, the uh, the animated feature. The long-running manga, ta- uh, manga that was tied to it. There was a book. Uh, there was a book about five, six years ago that was written by a Canadian about her. There's a take mm-hmm. on that, and then NHK even did a did a live action made for TV movie based on her, called Kudara. And um, they and even NHK World showed it over two parts uh, here mm-hmm. in, here on their mm-hmm. on their platform. The Japanese Canadian Cultural Center back on. Um, December was it? I'm trying to remember. December six on Thursday, just December six showed showed the the movie as well. For it was which was free. Of course, donations are appreciated. Although it's a JCCC, it's it's a really nice center. It's it's an it's 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 kind of a nice place to check out uh, if you have the chance. And another excuse to have gone there would have been this, uh, a few days before that, December second, the winter festival, the Fuyu Matsuri. Which happened uh, there, and, and and whenever they do these things, whenever the JCCC does these social type events, whether it's the summer festival, the winter festival, um, the anime North dance during Talk Halloween, pop. <laughs> huh? so they, they, I mean they they're clearly trying to get hook some of that fan, hook some of the, hook people who would have done anime North, who have gone to who have had those interests. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's why Omomo is close by too. So um, that was there. That happened on uh, Sunday, December second. I've been to the summer festivals. So um, to summer festivals in the past. I mean, they try to cosplay fashion show, and we talked about and we we talked about the Japan the Japan um, festival that happened in Mississauga back in the mm-hmm. summer as well. Yeah, the summer, yeah. So these type of things happen. Like like the J, the big difference between the one that happens in Mississauga and the one that happens in um, at the JCCC. The JCCC one has a more organic feel to it. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. been these type of things have been running for years, so it has a more folksy feel to it. Whereas the um, whenever it happens, whenever the one in Mississauga happens, that has a more commercial feel to it. Yeah, or the, I forget which one was in Young Dundas Square. It wasn't Japanese, but they have the one thing, and that was more commercial feel to it. Mm-hmm. It had stalls and stuff like that. It's you worth, know what I mean, it is worth mentioning, mm-hmm. and this is mentioned on mass. Mississauga is a sister city to Korea City 
in Aichi Prefecture in Japan. So hence the cherry blossoms that you often see in just across the street from Square One. Across and uh, Korea Park is and very close Korea by. Park. You just have to go across Burnham. You just have to go across Burnham Thorpe. Yes. Yep. And uh, often, often, um, play, often cosplayers will do their do some will do some their photo shoots before Anime North there. Uh, well, when the cherry blossoms, um, there bloom. So oh, yeah. that's a miss. So that's uh, one miss. Fan Expo, Fan Expo. As, <laughs> as any everybody uh, like, they always do something in November or December. Just a small thing. Matt's yeah, it's like a, a one day room. thing, one and day then they room. do the, the fan. small one in March break to get the mm-hmm. kids and stuff. Like well, that. that's become a little bit. That's had some. It's size. definitely bigger. It's definitely bigger. So, but I, it's I mean, kind of like a fan appreciation one for the one day one they do, like end of November, beginning of December for Fan Expo. Yeah, so. traditionally, if you've mm-hmm. had the Fan Expo pass, you can get into this for free. Come to us for free. Did you like? Have you seen this in recent years? I've only been nope. to one, but we're talking almost a decade. Yeah, ago. yeah like it's like so com- it's so commercialized. Six, seven years. Yeah, like I mean, I, how big is this now? That's my question. Like I think it's still basically the same size. It's like the March Break one is kind of growing a bit more because they encompassed everything. It's not just anime, and then Fan Expo is just a Goliath among Goliaths and stuff and like it's that. A scary and it's interesting thing. because the anime portion it kind of grew because they had. Was it some game shows and stuff like that? But it was probably like a group from Florida that specialized in doing game shows. They're still doing different things at in, Fan Expo. No, they did it this year. They brought it back because really? we were doing it, and then one of our people was still doing it. But then they stopped because obviously you you want the space for the people that bring in the money. So the big CTV shows, the big space panel shows, and all that stuff, and the video game ones too, probably. Honestly. The game shows, but I'm sure they were put in the back somewhere. I guarantee the game shows end up being one of the only reasons why I would still go to Fan Expo. I'm not sure, like, I I know these guys were from Florida, and so I'm not sure your mileage may vary because I remember was it 2004? I remember Mike, where we lost it the one year. And and I forget where those fellows came from. I think I want to say New York State or something, yeah, I think Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo, so New York State. And it was interesting. They they had some things that were more Americanized. Like, you knew when they were saying Toonami and stuff like that, and people are shouting at them, we don't have that here. Yeah, and that's still, like... It was like, interesting. And, and just going back into our past, I mean, our group, this our group used to hold, used to have the game show rights to the anime programming at Fan Expo, so... Like but it, it over time, as we know, the anime has uh, become less and less. So. Mm-hmm. That's it's still kind of there, but it's like... That's another... And of course, that's another story altogether. It was fun competing in those shows, I won't lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we definitely made it fun. I, 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 we certainly tried. But I had, I had they, fun they, they, want, they wanted to be San Diego Comic-Con North, and they are they, definitely they, they, that. They're, they're you know what I mean? now, but... Yeah. I, I mean, and, and because of that void... Great segue. Not enough manga content... That's the issue. I mean, for I mean me. there's there's a lot of like I mean, Fan Expo is, I I I don't know like I I this would lead to a longer discussion, which is so so does not fit this say uh, fit the bullet segment. There's it's like just, yeah, like there's just like, no anime and manga content anymore. It's just not there on a consistent basis, and that's the only thing I cared about. But because I I've, I've been phasing myself out of video game playing for the most part. When I'm not with people, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like most people were phasing out to like the one cheaper day, which would have been Thursday or Friday. And then most that people like me have basically said nope and haven't been for the last few years. Yeah, like for me, it and was... And the thing is, it's just the crowds too. Like it's just so It's so crowded. bad. It's like, I feel so claustrophobic. And if I had a few things, I'm like, okay, I want to do this. I'd fight through it. But it's like nothing says, okay, I'm going to fight through this crowd to go and see this or do this. I remember when it jumped to... There was one year where it was still 50 or 60 bucks, and then it jumped to 79 for the weekend. Is it and 120 then, or something? It's like at least 120 now. And that was when I remember going on the Thursday, didn't, not knowing that it was going to be 120 bucks for the weekend. So I only went that Thursday, bought a couple things, <laughs> went to the dealer's room, played some Name That Too when you guys still ran it, had fun, 25 bucks. For four hours of entertainment, I was like, eh, good enough for me. And then I didn't do a full weekend ever since. This was maybe back in 2009. I don't know. Wow, we're talking so yeah, long, like long there, time there, ago. I did a well, I mean, I, 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 mean I, I, stopped, I stopped my associations doing that years before that. But but then, but but the but the offshoots, the from the, the offshoots and you guys were still there. Mm-hmm. I saw that my direct involvement ended long ago, long before that. Yeah, but then we had offshoots of our offshoot, and mm-hmm. then it just stopped entirely and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I know they're still doing some game shows over at Anime North and stuff yeah. like that now. For uh, That's part yeah, of our, the, uh, hey, this one is our that, legacy. Uh, this is our legacy. It? Remember James? the one where we did Unveiled and stuff like that? Anime... Um, Oh, it's when you leave when yeah, you show yeah, the show blocks it, and then one you have to time. guess. Yeah. yeah, anime. I forget the name now. Yo, whoever right. runs name that to an anime North should stop doing it. <laughs> I think the thing they, is, I think they've they expanded they, to so many different games. I think, shows, I think so it might be kinda... the same guy who runs the Nomenoid. <laughs> so I think anyway. it. Yeah, I think it's him because <laughs> they okay. have a hatred for okay. you. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Should I prepare myself for this? Yes. <laughs> this I was brought up. This was brought up in a very old episode of this podcast, but. Don't play the song for 10 seconds, stop, and then ask, okay, does anyone know what this is? No? Okay, we'll play it for 30 seconds. Just fucking play the song for 30 (laughs) seconds. Why are you wasting time? Just play the damn song and let people figure it out. Maybe someone will figure it out right away, and that way you can move on and play some more songs. (laughs) So play the whole two-minute song, got it. No, Way to go! Way to go! Actually, there was one year where they—I guess they couldn't do it that year, so they got some other random guy to do it. He did a much better job. What do you do? <laughs> random guy, Austin, better job. He actually had categories, <clears throat> so it's kind of like Jeopardy, where we had like each one had like five songs, and then. The song would fit the category. Okay, okay that was a good. lot better. That but then would, would, he, you would he still idea, do yeah. the whole thirty seconds or he 10 would still seconds? he'd play it for like 20, 30 seconds or okay. until someone got it? Don't like yeah, but he didn't like stop it after ten seconds. So do you Wait, guys know what this is? So I mean, why not just keep playing until someone gets it? Because suspense, I guess because I you could waste time playing it for two minutes and not knowing what it is, and then you just would have wasted time anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah we've had some of those <laughs> and these are like head-to-head competitions right well yeah they usually will get contestants from the audience okay yeah no from the eyes it just makes me think you might have remembered it uh back in the day remember yama mike and i think the one we had was big o remember and we were there for it felt way more than 30 seconds and you're hearing big o and you guys are looking at us and we're like we don't know what it is 
And I couldn't remember just yelling, and it's so just yelling ago. big O. It was so long ago. But then the year after, like the same guy came back and did the whole ten second shit, and then I just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> did you what? slam the door behind you? No, oh. I'm, not, I'm not that rude. Okay, you still want us to be a, the official well. podcast of Anime <laughs> Narc, right? It's like you have tact. <laughs> All right. On the note of the void of the anime void at. Fan Expo. There's also this new convention, the International Fan Festival, which had was in Os- uh, which had recently had a show in Osaka. But there's more to this, isn't there? Yep. It uh, well, you gave me the link, and I think the others had the link too. But I looked at the website, and I'm like, this looks very, very familiar in the design. So I just went to the Abonus page, and it's Anime Revo, the guys that do the Vancouver convention. They do it around the summer. And they do it at the um, main convention center in Vancouver. And so they're the ones actually a part of this. And so it, it really? should be. Yeah. So that makes me more intrigued to go to it. It's interesting. As Mike said, they chose the Easter weekend in April. So you have that factored in. The question mark is a month away from Anime North. And the other question mark is probably going to be that who knows, maybe they know people from the Metro Convention Center because they dealt with people at the Vancouver Convention Center. You never know. Mm. But it's interesting that they went all in downtown first because sometimes that doesn't always work. We know Anime North has looked at the logistics, but they're like, it's just not cost-effective for them. This is going to take place at the convention center. Yeah, the main convention center, downtown Toronto by the CN Tower and stuff like that. Well, it's the same same space as as much as... as No, obviously they won't have the whole building and stuff like that. But it's still going to cost them probably an arm and a leg to get in there. And the one I was talking to you about, a recent one that went in there, a fan-oriented one, was the ELGX. And that was by Enthusiast... uh, they they're based on Toronto, and so that convention is all video games, esports. So they had all the big Smash Brothers players. Probably had that the was Overwatch like a month players. or so. That was like a yeah, month. Yeah, but or so they about. had issues supposedly Toronto running their it. events in the Toronto Convention Center because they have certain rules and regulations you have to go through for timing and all that stuff. And so it was a big jump, and they're probably gonna have to do a better job uh, next year if they decide to go back because the previous two or three years. They were in uh, the International Center and no one ever made those complaints. Hmm. Uh, I, I know, I think, uh, I think... Um, so it'll be interesting. I think over, I think um, Overactive Media, the owners of the Overwatch team were, are involved with that. Although that's another story altogether, I suppose. Potential for this though. But I think we'll see what they decide to charge. There's definitely potential from I mean, looking at the that, people behind it. Also, given the fact, the first few guests, I think the first four or five guests and they're all Japanese and they're all from the fate series. And I think they've all been they're all to their Vancouver. Actors. Yeah. They're all voice actors. They've all been uh, to the Vancouver convention. I think as well, some of them at some point, because it's like, it's basically all the main cast of the fate stay night series and the movies and stuff like that. Yes. So you got Saber, you got Tosica, you got, sorry, Tosica's ring. Um, yes. You got like it's pretty much all of them, which is pretty incredible. Like because yep. you think about that, and then you look at the other conventions we've had here, and we've always talked about we don't get the guests and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, is it because Toronto is so far away? It's like and all this stuff. And then when we saw Anime Revo and saw the guests they got, it's like okay, maybe it's because it's a better trip to go to the West Coast. You know what I mean? So it's interesting that they're going all out for those guests, and we'll have to see what other events. But based on what they've done before it. 
should hopefully go well. Rin, Saber, Sakura, and uh, Emiya. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's all, all the main cast, basically. Sounds main cast. So sounds I think a lot of people will sounds... go there just to get uh, their special edition for Manaplex signs, since that just... Ugh. Really... Sounds interesting, though. It did, like, but Except this... for that part I just said, which made Kevin disgusted. It but... is what it is for Anaplex. <laughs> but it sounds... Maybe. Maybe. We're... But who knows? Maybe they have other things up their sleeve, because as we know, Fate Staying Night, the second movie, is coming out to Japan like it had to be delayed in that so it's coming out next month in January and then Anaplex said they're obviously going to bring it to the states and that and then Canada was done like a month later when they did the first movie so instead of December it was January they for us for the first movie so who knows they might do a screening of the second movie just to draw some people in that could draw some people in they better don't pull Especially, that you know what I mean like since they're having the whole cast you know what I mean that would be a good tie in don't pull that bullshit where you uh, what was it? Was it Kizumonogatari, that movie? I don't remember which Monogatari movie set that was. They aired the first one. Did, the second one never came here. And then they played the third one, too. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, there you go. So there's so Easter weekend. That's Easter weekend. Yeah, Easter weekend. So now we can talk about an item that has yet to happen. It's well, I, I am interested. we don't have price on it yet. Like they yeah, say, they, no obviously the, tech, the tickets, I guess, are going to be out in the new year and then We'll see how it goes. And, and that's right. Based on that, we might do one day. We might do three, but we might lean more to three if the price is right. And, and if what we see gets even better, but it looks pretty promising so and, far. And on that it note, does. on the note of tickets to come, Anime North's pre- first uh, pre-reg, uh, the early bird pre-reg begins, I think in the, I think it's January 5th. I'll double check that. But I know the announcement's been made on that. And it's like, a, and the weekend pass will be available to uh, for, uh, for a limited number of people. First 100 for $50, I believe. First 100? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Gone, 100. Gone, or something to that effect. Gone in 60 seconds, probably. Gone in one second. <laughs> you mean basically the bots will get it and then... Uh, yeah. Where, whereas Artist Alley will take less than a second to sell out. Yeah. No Manoichi. Hmm. But yeah, no, I'm sure it'll, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be the same for them. It's like they did the same for Anime Revo, I guess, where it's like they have the pre-reg and stuff like that, a discount that. But it was interesting, you mentioned it briefly, but I didn't even realize they also had that Osaka convention as well. So that was an interesting one too, because yeah. I think they're more based in Vancouver and stuff like that. So if it's the Anime Revo guys, not to be confused with Anime Evolution. Yeah, not Evolution. Revo. Revolution. And Revo was the more corporate one. Because they, like are, to say. they are for down. profit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, corporate. So they're in downtown. Which means, oh, do I even dare say this? Uh, they're probably going to charge for autographs. Like, and who's going to listen? <laughs> Seriously, who's going to listen? Give it some time and their Japanese guest. Oh, the, I know people in guess Zone, they might get pissed at me but if they're for profit and they have the contacts i can already see their japanese guest list being better than anime north's in the long run well we've already seen a part well, of it and that is probably just like they've done before for the vancouver shows and stuff like that and they've been very impressive both on voice hours. i think they've gotten a few mangakas even but they mm-hmm. basically and it's been year after year so do not discount that happening. We, I feel like Anime North has. If I think they the work, thing th- is we Anime North will never go away. We'll all definitely still go back, and we'll still have the same amount of people because it isn't 
really just about the guests and all this other thing. There's more components to it. It's about seeing your friends every year. They have a lot of the cultural things in there, not just the anime and the manga and stuff like that. And yeah, you could spend your whole time in the artist alley or the dealer's room, but there's just so much to do. It's a very much a community thing that I don't think would die unless I'm sure the I'm sure Dixon Road would agree. <laughs> okay. So there's the there's the there's the bullets and the community calendar. Well, we had the one extra one. Remember Asian Reel? Because remember, I went there. Okay, yeah. Th- I, I, let's bring that up because I know you saw Mirai for your yep, birthday. I too. saw I saw Mirai. That well, that was in November and stuff like that. So relevant. But relevant. Mirai, like we weren't we even been around for a while. But anyway, um, what was it? Bring Hoso- it up, Hosoda. Like, I think that one. After watching it, I think. I've been thinking about it for a long time and I think it actually is now the top one of the Hasoda because it was Wolf Children before that and then um, Girl Who Left Through Time below that. But now I'd say that this one, Mirai, is basically basically on top. Like It has the mix of A Girl Who Left Through Time and Wolf Children and stuff like that. And even... Hmm. Like the hmm. Japanese and all that. Hmm. Like it no, really, I'm not gonna, it's, it's, The thing is, like, I don't know how Soda works all that well. It's interesting. Well, so. Like you have, it's about family. There is some time travel and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's interesting with the younger child and stuff like that and how the story goes. The other thing that'll be interesting is the dub will be interesting too because we've seen who's going to be in that. And I think it was um, Michael uh, Cinder Nicholas from Navi Post is doing it and they had yeah. like Crispin Freeman and a few other big ones from animation they even had uh, daniel dai kim who used to be on hawaii 5 yes. he's gonna be the grandfather and like when you see that character like he's on a motorcycle all this other stuff i'm like that is that is totally daniel dai kim i could totally <laughs> soon playing that guy because the only other one he's done before that was uh, for daniel dai kim was um princess um oh it was the last one for um takahata okay. um princess uh, can't say i I know. I know. I should know it because it was the last one they got for uh, Academy Award uh, nomination. Remember, because he was there in that. But now it's Gerald. Daniel Dai Kim. Like people don't know how good this guy really is. Like he's a real. Like he's lost. I think really and all the like. It's terrible. Very ambitious character. Very ambitious. Sounds like a very ambitious actor. And it's Mm -hmm. crazy that him and uh, the other Canadian actor Grace Kim like. They tried, but maybe if they had gone together, because they were great people on Hawaii Five on it, just for whatever reason, they were made to part ways. <laughs> but cash no, rules everything around me. Get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. But anyway, but um, there was uh, other things there, like there was um, Inuyashiki, the live action one, and I think they had the director uh, there for that one. I didn't see that one. The one I did see, but I didn't see it there, and I, I got to give you the link, Mike, is Finding a Big Country, which is this filmmaker. She was in Vancouver. She played basketball, went to the collegiate. Well, I think she was cut at the collegiate level, but then went to filmmaking, and it's her documentary trying to fi- find Big Country Reeves. Brian and Reeves, they, the Brian former Reeves. star of the uh, of the Vancouver Grizzlies. And it, yeah, and it was quite, and it was an interesting story of not just finding him and making him more relevant because they went to the Vancouver, I guess, sports museum, whatever. They had everything on Canucks and all these other things. They had a tiny corner on the Grizzlies. Really? And her going to find him kind of got more things in there. So there was that. And wow. there was her own personal journey through basketball because she like went through and she was a smaller size. And then she finally, as she's talked to Brian Reeves, 
near the end was saying it was um, that decision of, okay, which passion do I want to go for basketball or filmmaking? Because she finally got cut and she had to make that tough choice. It, it and sounds that's like a similar really, story it, to so, Brian Reeves because he made his money, but then the injuries kicked in. Mm-hmm. So he had to make that tough choice too. Yeah. And it sounds like by all accounts, Brian, and you've told me this before, Brian Reeves seems very much at peace right now. Yeah, no, he's very much at PC, bought a cattle farm in Oklahoma and stuff like and that. Lives and lives just very lives, well to the Like he days. said, basketball gave him so much. And so he can't say anything bad about it. He's, that's And, he's, and he's, compared he's, to everyone else in the NBA now, I guess, which is drama, drama, drama. He's a no drama guy. Like he's a very different character than even anyone in the 90s in the NBA, if you think about it. Maybe as, 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 uh, as natural as they came. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget, like they said, and it wasn't in the documentary, but she mentioned it, the filmmaker, because it was such a poignant moment is his friend and him were walking along the pasture or whatever. And basically said to her, he said, like, we're walking here. And if you saw some random person, they wouldn't know who had made millions and multi-millions of dollars mm-hmm. because they were basically dre- dressed the same and they had the same gait and same talk and everything. Like he's very down to earth. I've, yeah, you mentioned this, and I've I've heard of this, and there's been an article on Sportsnet mm-hmm. uh, with her. It has my curiosity, so yeah, link. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. The other thing, funny enough, thinking about it, that is too bad that it hasn't been here for the last five years, is do you guys remember, and it was after the um, Asian Film Reel Festival, the one animation festival in Waterloo, they used to have it. It was yes. like Waterloo oh, yeah. Animation Film Festival. And five now years that's ago, old school. It, five years ago, it just disappeared. And no one knows what's happened. And I'd love to know what happened because they did some good stuff. That was and a that thing was, too. And it wasn't just anime. In it the was, day, that was the thing. It wasn't just anime. It was like worldwide animation from France and Europe and other places, which is great. The Waterloo film, animation film? Yeah. Because I remember watching, like, that's I where remember. I watched I do, Children. I, 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 I watched, never saw uh, Went It, but I knew of it. I watched The Berserk, like, all three. They had, like, a midnight run showing all three. We, I watched that. I watched Library War, which was the only place in North America. I think they showed that movie for production IG. And the other fun thing about that one was, obviously, they did plays and stuff like that. But they had like an open, like a bar. So you could go get drinks and then bring it into the theater. And it was fun having just a drink, watching some animation and stuff like that. But the funnier thing was worrying, okay, I have to hold this beer bottle or whatever I'm holding. It's like, because they asked if you want a glass. And I said, no, because like, if you dropped it, you had no cup holders. That's how old this theater was. <laughs> so like they joked about, they were, the bartender was joking to me about how they had place. And sometimes some of them were so good at keeping in character and doing that stuff because sometimes someone would, and I never had it when I went to the films there, would drop their beer bottle and it was like one of those slopes. So it goes clink, clink, clink all the way down. And it just echoes throughout the whole thing, of course. That's great. So think about that. That might be awesome. (laughs) I do want to see the Mirai though. Yeah, Yeah, well, it started started to uh, show up in U.S. theaters, limited run uh hopefully it'll be out next year in canada we know it has a different distributor uh, behind it because they sold all the rights and since hosoda's last film basically they've sold all their rights at canada's film festival and they sold it to individual uh, markets and so canada is its own separate market so it's like mile something i hmm. know there's a vancouver screening in the works but uh 
but they had the name yeah. of the distributor before they showed the film, so they definitely got the rights but from that yeah, distributor no, for that film festival. No, I can uh, tell you that. No wider screening yet. Hmm. Well, as long as they don't make the mistake as they did for um, oh, no, it's terrible. I forget the last Hisoda film. Oh, Boy the and Boy the and the Beast. And the reason why I say Boy and the Beast is remember that distributor. They had like what a one or a two day screening, and then they only had it like in Toronto and I want to say Vancouver, but they put it on the weekend of Anime North. So it's like anyone <laughs> who would be your audience would be at Anime North, and Anime North, I guess. Who knows what they thought, but they had Boy and the Beast there and they had to take it off the docket. And I think it's because they thought, oh, we can just go to Funimation. Well, no, hold on so fast. You can't because it was under a different Canadian distributor. And they were even the ones who released the Blu-ray DVD digital for Canada, which was kind of interesting seeing Funimation. But we've seen that type of stuff before. So you said it was a mix between The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Wolf Children? Yep. Hmm. So you had the time travel element and stuff like that, but you also had the family element from Wolf Children. But there is the good thing where I know, I, I guess I didn't mind too much. Some people didn't like it in Wolf Children is Soda's idolization of the mother figure and stuff like that and the idolization of his own mother. Like it's more down to earth characters that maybe you could more relate to. Like the mother isn't the be all end all. She has this nasty side to her and stuff like that. So, because I, I love the girl who left through time. Wonderful film. Wolf Children, my opinion has soured over the years on it, to be honest. Because I feel like it wasn't a very it was not a very <laughs> accurate portrayal of how mothers are in real life. That that's why I said what I said, because yeah. I know some people thought like Hasoda went one way, but I think you'll have a better take of this one. It's not Hana all over again for the mother. <laughs> and the father is doing a lot of the motherly tasks because basically he has this new sister that comes into the mix. Hmm. They're on the maternity leave. Then it's the mother who goes back to work and the father is basically the one taking care of them. He's trying to run his architecture business from the house and take care of these two kids, one that's four and one that's a newly born baby girl. And he's just like, fuck, what do I do? He's <laughs> in over his head in some <laughs> scenes. Interesting take. Uh, I'll probably want to see that. Uh, Mirai, yeah, that's been on, on the radar for some time. But as I said, take a look and then, but I think you will enjoy it more. I think mm-hmm. you can buy tickets for the new Dragon Ball Z movie as well. Oh boy. Brawley's <laughs> okay. back, boys. <laughs> Let's take one final break. Um, we have an, uh, I guess we have to be a little serious in the final segment. We'll, have, we'll do a little bit of, in, of people in, in memoriam. And we'll end it off next. It's the Six Talk Podcast Network. Welcome back. Uh, like I said, this is um, lots still to talk about. We uh, want, and hopefully, um, we we think this will. We have at least one more recording in, within us uh, for 2018. We'll find out, I guess, in the next two weeks. But well, but to the listeners out there, we do leave it to you guys. So if so, if you if you have any questions, comments, or just plain hate mail. Uh, Anime Roundtable at gmail.com is our email address. We're on the Twitter at Anime Roundtable as well. And www.animeroundtable.com 
which is never updated, but it's there, <laughs> and we will put, put, at least put the up, uh, put the latest episode there uh, for the entire. You can find the entire archive of past episodes, and if you want a like a just a complete raw archive, uh, you can check us out on our SoundCloud feed, sixtalk.com, uh, uh, in the uh, Drake stylization, of course. And oh, and some fun, and and some good news. We've been added added to Spotify as well. Oh really? Yes, we we yes uh, we regist- uh, we were registered and we're now on Spotify, which means their vetting process has some serious issues. So check <laughs> us out there while you can, as well as Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts or wherever you get them for your commuting enjoyment. That's going to be a long commute for this episode. Oh, for this episode, we're, plus, we're two plus hours. Two hour commute, man. Um, it'll probably be good for the next time the TTC breaks down on Which you. Will be you mean always. Tuesday? <laughs> so, um, well, what, 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 what's the best way? This is like the first time we've done a third, a, fi- a third segment for the uh, in the in the in the new era in our six talk era. Normally, we would have saved this for something for what we called back then final insults. This is the final segment. This is the closing. This is the closer. And I did want to get a little serious just for a moment, not like a little bit. It's been a month. Um, they say bad news comes in threes. And within a space of less than a week, we lo- um, fandom lost three key people back in November. Um, John Rogers, who was the head of the, co- of the San Diego Comic-Con, led it since the 80s and turned it into and was at the helm who uh, in turning into the behemoth that is now he passed away after a long battle with cancer um fred Patton, uh, who let me just uh, quickly uh, just note this fred Patton, who is a historian about fan, uh, on science fiction and fantasy culture wrote a lot of books on that but was also a historian when it came to anime and manga and wrote a lot of the first real English, first um, definitive English texts in any form, any academia form concerning anime and manga in North America, and is a big influence on people like Dave Merrill, who does anime hell. Helen McCarthy, as Helen well. McCarthy, and then Jonathan. Oh, I forget. His Jonathan name. Jonathan Clements. Clements, yes, um, those ones are big. Like the big influence on these so podcast. Um, David Merrill, who does anime hell, podcasters like Daryl Surratt and the Anime World Order Gang. Mm-hmm. Big influence on these guys. Um, passed away after a long illness. Uh, illness, but um, and, and really, I won't say too much about. I, I won't eulogize them too much because already a lot has been written, and they knew more of the more of these things better than I did. The last one, you can't. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention Stan Lee. Mm. I know, for better or worse, but because obviously, obviously, there were issues with his life as well. Um. Stanley, I don't really need to say too much about. I think we can be uh, overall. We I can be kind. That, as I said, not his life wasn't perfect. But um, well, is there anything you want, guys, say uh, add just before I may add my final word concerning at least Stanley? Uh, any any one of the three we just mentioned? Any one of the three? Huh. Well, I always did enjoy Spider Man, so it was I feel a twinge of sadness. When he passed away, and with the Sp- new Spider-Man movie out th- this week, mm-hmm. looks really good. To it be was, honest, really looks really well, yeah, good. Yeah, no, he he led like a very interesting life, if you could ever say so. And the other thing is, he did so many things in his old age that you're like, wow. It's like some other people would be in a retirement home. He was like at Fan Expo, like 
people were telling me just playing these different games, having fun, trying the new stuff, talking to people. Like it was very interesting to say the least. Obviously in the past uh, two years and stuff like that, things have been a little different, but he, uh, he was powering through and doing things that I think some of us would love to do in our 80s and stuff like that. Yeah, you know see, I mean? yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true too. I mean, I, I could only dream, first of all, getting there for for one thing, because that's the rate and, I'm going. And he knows. was like, he didn't have a walker or cane or anything. He was just out there doing this stuff mm-hmm. and looked very active and looked like yeah, right. he was enjoying until, every minute. Uh, at least until the end, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He also gave us Hero Man and yeah. Ultimo. Mohammed, do you want to add something? No. Not really? Not really. Not really, because you're, you're more the Marvel guy than I am, right? I mean, you know, he, he died. That was like so long ago. Yeah, it's been it's been a little while. I, I, okay, no, no no real tributes here. I, I can't really add too much else. I will add one. Oh. No, no, I mean like generally speaking, there isn't much yeah. else to add. I like mm-hmm. I can't really add too much else. Although there is one tribute I did want to bring up uh, that stuck with me, and it's a personal that stuck out to me, and it's a personal Facebook post by put up by an actor by the name of Yu Lu, who you won't re- whose name I'm sure you won't recognize, but. He was in. He did have a cameo. He was in the same cameo scene as Stan uh, as Stan Lee in Spider Man Homecoming. He was the guy who was trying to get into his car, but Spider Man thought he was a robber trying to steal the car and huh. <laughs> stuck him into the thing. That's him. Yulu actually has a, a bit of a history with uh, Fan Expo because he helped out at the uh, all night track, uh, the all night anime track back in the day there. But he's from New York and. Um, you and uh, so you, Lou, uh, like we've met. Uh, um, he's a and I, I, I befriended him back then too. Good guy. He was pretty cool to deal with. And he and he and he put himself out there because I remember distinctly remember him trying to sing the Macross theme song on uh, during the karaoke component of those all nights. <laughs> Brave man in that sense. Um, you, Lou. He he simply appeared at a loss for words in that Facebook post. Which had me thinking it was much it was one thing to be a fan, but it certainly was another to another to have worked with him, much less have been really close. And Yulu was you know, he he worked with him. And it was so um you know, you just uh, raise a glass to that. Anyway, like I said, this is uh we think this is our we have one more episode with us. Uh one more uh, recording of, of some sort with us, whether it's a regular, whether it's a digest number two, uh, episode number seven, or somebody doing an on my mind. There's your assignment before the end of the year, guys. <laughs> Until then, though, uh, it's it's late now. It's 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 nightfall and it is Saturday night, so we're gonna go out and enjoy it. You enjoy yours too. Good night from Toronto, and join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable on the Six Talk Podcast Network.